This episode is brought to you by the Oscars. Hollywood's biggest night is almost here. Tune in Sunday, March 12th to celebrate the best movies of the year at the 95th Oscars hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Who will take home the gold? Watch Sunday, March 12th on ABC. To find out how to watch wherever you are, go to Oscars.org. Got to let Bill WD-40 in. He'll be coming in right there. That way he could lube us up for tonight's show. Let's see who else do we got in the chat room here. Hmm. And uh, let's see. Scrolling on down, I've sent all of you. Penman, what's happening, buddy? And uh, Chillgasm, thank you for coming on in. And Paranormal Pixie Lara, there she is. Give us a wave. Lara always waves back. And Frost Kitten, good to see you. And uh, Tim Mothman, thanks for coming on in. And Paramarv, good to see you. Oh, Leafson67, I know you're having a good laugh right now. <coughs> All right, the next couple of days are going to be interesting. It's a hockey thing, people. It's a hockey thing. You have to understand how much the rest of Canada hates the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do this thing. we got about 20 seconds here. And hi, Nancy Hayes. Hi, Nancy Thames. Look at the boat. The Nancy Squared came in at the same time there. Asteroid, good to see you. And I forgot to put my freshener spray in. Super Chat is open. Let's rock and roll. Horns up. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting at the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show and our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We're going into some monster hunting tonight. Chris Reinhardt from Discover Sasquatch is here. And I'm going to tell you, this is a fascinating story going from flesh and blood to the woo. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Then in hour number three, Swamp Dweller is here with another spooky story. Then we have little Timmy Senor coming on in for the UFO report. Now, our good friend here, Chris Reinhardt, is a former nuts and bolts, flesh and blood type of guy when it came to his early days of being a Sasquatch investigator. But it wasn't until recently, as in the last year to two years, where he started noticing something a little bit different. There was woo in the woods, and it started changing the way he investigates. 
Chris's investigation area is with the Mount Berkshire area of New York and into Connecticut, and it gives him a pretty large area to look for this elusive creature. But the big question is, what exactly now is Chris looking for? Chris Reinhardt, my good friend, it is always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio for our YouTube audience, our radio audience. Thank you for coming on in, man. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for having me. And I just want to applaud you. I love your intros, how you uh, get everybody fired up for the show and say hello to everybody. And I love the first and second place. And uh, I don't know too much about hockey, but uh, that 6-7 thing must mean something pretty big up in uh, up in Canada. Um, well, you see, Toronto Maple Leaf fans, they're they are a weird breed, okay? Um, they're, they're like Red Sox fans before the Red Sox uh, – broke the curse of the Bambino. Okay, so the Le- Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. But they, but every fan of the Leafs, whether they were born in that era or born yesterday, they all believe that this is the year that it's going to happen again. And with all the television stations being of Toronto-type hype, that's all the rest of Canada gets is about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, me being on the West Coast, we've all learned to hate the Leafs. Can't stand them. Can't stand them. So, every time Leaf fan talks, it's our duty as hockey fans and Canadians to make sure that Leaf fan is reminded that you haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. Nice. Well, thank you for the explanation. Yes. Now I got it. And uh, I guess I'll do the 67 with you because uh, beautiful. beautiful. we're all friends here at uh, Spaced Out Radio, so we might as well stick together, correct? Well, yeah. exactly. And and we got one guy in our chat room. His name is Leafs in Six. So I just added a seven to it, you know, because it just makes more sense than him actually believing that Toronto will actually get out of the first round of the playoffs this year. You know, I mean, that's the way I feel. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah, it's good. It's all good fun, right? Everybody, it's all good fun. That's all it is. And uh, so, I want to say thank you for having me back. I've, uh, uh, I believe this is like my fifth time on on Space Star Radio, and it's an honor and privilege every single time to be here. And uh, I'm always greeted with uh, with respect and love, and uh, that's huge. And on my part, because a lot of people like to talk about what we're talking about now a lot of people frown on you and um but it's the truth and the truth needs to get out there awareness needs to happen and uh i just want to say thank you and applause to you and your 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 audience on respect and uh i'm much appreciated oh anytime my friend anytime and and you know the one thing that i love watching about your research is watching you on how you evolved and we're going to get into this big time tonight about how you involved evolved because you were very much a flesh Sasquatch is a flesh and blood. It's not con uh, anything to do with the paranormal. It's not anything to do with UFOs or anything of high strangeness. You know, we got to find this creature. We need a body, you know, the typical uh, anecdotal questions and answers that, that we go through as, as a host and, and guest, but your story is ever changing. And we're going to get into that heavy tonight. But first, I, I want, you know, because our audience is always changing, Chris, I would love it if you could give a reason why to our new listeners who maybe never heard your story before as to why 
they are um, why this topic became important to you, why you became interested in investigating Sasquatch. Okay, when I when I first started, I always had you know, of course, everybody says you know they watched uh, all the monster shows growing up, and they knew Patty, and of course, I seen all that when I was a younger kid too, and I used to watch them a hundred hundred times, and every time that was on, I would watch the specials. Um, it wasn't until we lost cable, well, we didn't lose it, we got rid of cable because like three hundred dollars for a month worth of cable. We started streaming, and I was introduced to YouTube. And just for the heck of it, I put Bigfoot into the search engine one day, and then all of a sudden, bam, a whole nother world just opened up right right, right in front of me. So I started searching through uh, the YouTube and um, looking at my favorite people, looking at it, and then uh, I'm like, you know what? I didn't know when I first, when this first started, I didn't know there was actually people like myself and you yourself were out in the woods actually doing this actually looking for bigfoot i thought it was just the people you saw on the tv shows doing it time and time again these are the only people that were out there i didn't know that we ourselves could go out and do it so you know what i did i says you know what i'm going to go out there and i am going to give it a shot and see what i can and i can find so I started going out in the woods, and I started finding the structures, and I started, I had my own little following group. I'm actually Brown Dwarf, who is in, who I believe is a moderator on your show. He was one of my good friends when I first started this. We all started about the same time on the tree structures, and I was I was kind of into the, the woo part of it when I first started believing it, but then I... I I got involved with another group and I, I left the woo part of everything. And I went strictly flesh and blood. I was out for the money shot. That's what overtook me. Everything. I wanted to get that picture. I believe I could get that picture. I believe I could get the proof that's going to prove to the world. Like we all think that we do when we start off, that's going to prove to the world that Sasquatch exists. And that's, when I went in full steam, I, I have been doing this for, uh, I believe, eight years now, and I have progressed every year. I have uh, thousands of dollars worth of, I mean, I'm not, this isn't bragging either, but I've, I've invested a lot of time and money into investigating the Sasquatch people. Um, now, I believe they are people. Before, I never believed they were a people. Um Things have progressed in the last eight years. I have become full circle, I call it now, from when I first started to now. I've, I've went my loop, and I have come back, and things have just, in the last couple of years, uh, most people wouldn't believe what has happened, and I, I, I barely believe it myself. I, I have experienced it. My wife is experiencing it now, and uh, she doesn't, she's not into the Discover discovery of sasquatch she goes that's your thing i don't want nothing to do with it but she's actually involved with things that are happening around here now and so that's in a nutshell that's how i got started it was youtube that got me into it i followed my own little click and uh and then that's how i entered uh the search for sasquatch and i've been to brought me to colorado i've been to missouri i've been to the i've been to the swamps of florida i've been in upper new new york state i've been to massachusetts i've been to connecticut i've been to new mexico i go as many places i can go 
in search of the truth. And that's what I'm out for is the truth of what the Sasquatch people are and how they operate and where they come from. And, uh, I have an awareness and I will get to that part, but awareness is number one. People need to be aware. Even if they think they're not in that woods, they should always have in the back of their mind that they might be there. So awareness in my book is number one. You mentioned that you started off, and I mentioned this a couple times, that you started off very flesh and blood, that this is a monster of some sort that is lurking in our forest. We don't know if it was dangerous. We don't know if it just wants to its own solitude. We have very few answers about it. And now you have changed. What what caused that change within you where you've gone from more of a scientific method to more open-mindedness that we may not be seeing the big picture of what Sasquatch really is. Uh, well, two years ago, I I experienced something down in the green swamp that most people would never experience in their life. I went to visit my friend Chris Connery. Uh, if most of you probably know him, he is, his channel on YouTube is called The Trail, The Trail to Bigfoot. He's a great guy, great family. They took me in, treated me great down there. But we went into the green swamp down there, and we had things happen that changed my whole life. It just changed every way I look at Bigfoot. There was no other way after I left the green swamp that there was anything. There was more to these guys. We got EV. They knew our names. Um, we caught live EVPs of them. I fell in the brook. Let me. Let me. I'll start over. I'm sorry. Here I'm. Every time I told myself I wasn't going to get like this, is because every time I'm on SOR, I get all pumped up and I start rambling and I, and I get all excited. So I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to I'm going to go into this and I'm going to do it right this time. So we went to I went to Florida, and Chris brought me into his spot that he's been researching for the last ten years. Um, day one, we walked in there. Now Chris hadn't been, Chris had some problems down there. He hadn't been into the green swamp in over a year. Now I'm down there. We're going into his spots. We go in that first day, and we're followed. We can hear something following us. It's bipedal. They're tracking us, and we we know we've been around the Sasquatch enough to know who's following us, what's following us. We get to this certain spot. Now Chris is a big fan of of a Skinwalker Ranch. He follows Skinwalker Ranch. He follows all the the, the, the scientists out there. He follows all the things that are going out there. So he decided to introduce a, an EMF meter, which we all know for ghost hunting, people use EMF, but this, this EMF meter had radio frequency dial on it. So we were setting the, the meter to radio frequency. So we got to his spot. It's called the fridge. It's out in the middle of the green swamp. I mean, it's three miles in. You can't, it's off the beaten path. You can't, you can't just drive up to it. You have to hike into it. So we get to that spot and we're talking and we put a, I brought some uh, pheromone chips just because that's me. I'm Mr. Flesh and Blood. So I brought pheromone chips. Maybe that'll bring them in. Well, we brought the pheromone chips in and we hunt them in the trees. No lie. Five minutes later, we had rocks being thrown at us from two different directions and they're coming and they're hitting the palm fronds and they're bouncing down. But at the same time, Chris's radio frequency meter tops off. Now, we didn't know at the time, we'll, I'll get to that, but 
it's full steam. It's beep and beep. It can't go any higher. It's good. It's reading one dash 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 dash. It's not even a reading that's uh, that's on the meter itself. So that goes on for that day. You know, a couple other crazy things go on. The next day, we go to a different spot that he calls Knox Creek. Now, this is where everything goes haywire. This is what changed my life this day. We get to Knox Creek. We get to this place that uh, he says, you know, he can. He's bringing me to a place. He says, I usually when I'm there, I can ask for a knock, and he can get a knock. So we get there. All of a sudden, I'm going across the creek, and I fall in the creek. You know, I don't fall in, but I stumble in and splash. Later on review of the of our recorders on EVPs, we get a we get a voice in a southern draw that says, Hey, look, it's Chris. Southern draw. We capture it perfect. You can see actually you can see everything I'm about to tell you on my channel, Discover Sasquatch. It's called the Veil Interview. And it's you can hear the the EVPs, everything I'm about to tell you, you can see and watch. So, anyways, that was later in review. We get across the creek, we get to the spot. And Chris is so Chris goes to he goes, This is the spot where I I can ask. So he goes, So Chris doesn't think I'm crazy and you know, talking to the woods and saying that this is can you give me a knock? No lie, 25 seconds later, we get a knock on the tree. But first, we get rock clacks. It goes clack, 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 and then the knock happens. And me and Chris go, Whoa, all of a sudden, the meters start going. Again, it starts beeping, beep, beep. Chris gets his phone out. Chris's phone is going haywire, like something is trying to tap into his phone. It's going through his work. He works at a spot, a place where you need a passcode to get into work, and uh, it's highly secured. And they're trying to get into his CVS account, his bank account, and they're just going through all these codes. And he's like, "What's going on with your? What's going on with your phone?" I just got this phone two weeks early. I looked down at it, and I'm like, nothing's going on with my phone. I turn it on, and there's a there's a text message that from like me typing out to somebody else, and it was just it was just four it was four letters over and over again. And it was B B C and M. Sixty lines of it. B B C M C M B B B B B. So we thought it was a butt dial, right? We erased. All of it but 12 lines. We figure we'll film the last 12 lines just in case it's important. And we film them. And that day is is just that. We get out. We get more knocks. We get more stuff thrown at us. We get back to his house. I take a shower. I get out of the shower. I look at my phone to see if, you know, my if Maria called or whatever. Back on my phone is the text message again that we just erased. But now it's in capital letters, spaces, dots, exclamation points, capital letters. This is showing us now that this is not a mistake. This is being, this is it. And it's the same four letters, B, B, M, and C. Chris and I couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't figure it out. We thought it was some kind of a Morse code. So, you know, that's what we're thinking. So he calls his wife over and his wife's name is Beata. And he's like, Beata, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think this is? She goes, I know exactly like what that is. And me and Chris look at each other. We're like, you got to be kidding me. How do you know what exactly? She goes, it's Betty, Beata, Chris, and Mark. 
the first four initials of the four people that have been in the green swamp for the last 10 years in that area searching for the Sasquatch. Their first four initials on my phone being typed out to somewhere else in my pocket. That changed everything for me with with the EVPs that we caught, that message breaking into the phone. Two weeks later, we get back to Connecticut, and it happens here. It happened. I have a guy from Massachusetts that comes down. He wants to come to my spot. So he says, sure, come on down. We'll go up to this spot. We're on the way up to my area. His phone starts going crazy. Starts going crazy. We get to the top of the mountain. I go to show my group on Facebook. There's a like a fire pit that's never been used in like eight years up there, but there's always little sticks broken and putting on the side of it. It just changes all the time. So I bend over to show my group on Facebook the, the, the little fake fire pit, and all of a sudden a rock comes in. Right, right when I'm live, hits the, hits the fire pit. We have rocks coming in on all four sides, and guess what's going on? The RF meter goes tops off again for 20 minutes straight while we're having stones thrown at us. Dog barking down at the bottom of the hill. There's no dogs at the top of this mountain. And so two weeks in a row, Connecticut and Florida, the same thing happens. We write the company that has the meter. We ask them why, what, what does this mean It's registering? And they tell us that it doesn't, that, that means that the meter doesn't register any higher. That's what we're, that's what they're reading. That's what we're reading. It doesn't go any higher. We had a satellite technician reach out to us and say, Anything, I it's a, it's a broadband EMF detector, so it's not pinpointed. So it's you know it's 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 a broad spectrum. So wherever it's coming, it's going to pick it up. But the guy says he's the, the satellite tech guy goes sixteen dot and above on that meter. There is no way in heaven's name that you guys should be getting that reading anywhere, anywhere. He said if you were in a Faraday box, you would cook. This episode is brought to you by the Oscars. Hollywood's biggest night is almost here. Tune in Sunday, March 12th to celebrate the best movies of the year at the 95th Oscars hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Who will take home the gold? Watch Sunday, March 12th on ABC. To find out how to watch wherever you are, go to Oscars.org. Hey, everybody. Steve Azar here. I've got quite the apparel collection that I can't wait to share with you. From micro-fleece pullovers to athletic polos and caps, my signature outerwear will have you stepping out in style. Play at Pearl River Resort Fridays and Saturdays in March, earn 200 base points, and get my signature apparel. It's always no work and all play at Pearl River Resort. See y'all soon. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Out only in Mississippi. Must be 21 or older to play. The microwave level was so high, and at such a broadband 16 and above, he couldn't believe it. He still can't believe it. Um, he says the only thing that it could be in real in reality is a drone above your head following you guys tracking you. He says that's the only explanation that he has for that. So while we're getting stones thrown at us looking for Sasquatch, this radio frequency meter is going off, and now we are picking up EVPs every time that we're out in the Sas- and in the areas that we go looking for Sasquatch. This has never happened until after the Green Swamp. 
And now things have progressed to the point now where I am actually experiencing mind speak. Um, uh, we've had events here, but we'll get there eventually. So that has that, that that's what changed my life. That's what changed my 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 look at Sasquatch because there's no way that it's not related to one another in my book. Damn it, man! You have gone right down the rabbit hole, and I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I mean, with with ninety seconds to go, when people change in their theories so drastically like you had, there's usually a little bit of backlash to it. How has the response been to your change of theories of what this is? I have lost friends. I have lost people. You know, I, I wouldn't, I, if it was somebody of was like my best friend and that's what they experienced, I would have been okay with it. That's, that's the way they feel about it. It's, it's all I, I am all. I can't tell you for sure. This is, has to do with Sasquatch. I can only relay what happened to me. I have lost friends. I have lost people on my channel. I've lost subs. I mean, I mean, that's not awareness is what we're is most important to us. Um, I don't make any money on my YouTube channel. I'd use it to get the word out. This is real. This is real. Wait till you hear this. This is just the bottom of the barrel, everybody. This just gets crazier and crazier. Um, we're seeing crafts, um, now and, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get there, but, uh, I've lost friends over it, and um, but I have also gained friends because of it. Because there's a lot more people out there that that I thought, than I thought that this goes on with, than than it doesn't. So um, I have also gained a lot of good friends also from it. Well, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Hard to believe we're already through thirty minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. Our guest tonight. From Discover Sasquatch, Chris Reinhardt, an investigator in New York and Connecticut looking for the legendary Bigfoot. From losing friends, trying to figure out how this phenomena all ties together. This is what we're going to get into next on Spaced Out Radio with Chris Reinhardt. A great show so far, and it's only going to continue, so stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Isn't that crazy how people will literally abandon you as friends because you believe in something different? That's absolutely crazy. It's just like believing like if I had a friend that doesn't believe in, in if they're Catholic or whatnot, you know what I mean? It's just like being prejudiced. That's the way I look at it. You're prejudiced. Just because I believe that there's something supernatural to these guys, you can't be my friend because of it. You know, or I use the bathroom, same bathroom that I, you know what I mean? Is it going to get to that point? I doubt it. But that's what it, that's what it reminds me of. And it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I would absolutely never do that to somebody else. I would never. I have friends that still are flesh and blood. I just tell them my part. I said, well, this is what happened to me. And this all. I can't change their minds. I said, but once it happens to you, You'll, you'll, you'll know, you'll know. And I, that's all I tell them. And, uh, I have friends that are stuck, that have stuck with me too. It's just a shame that it comes to that. It really is. Cause I did lose a couple really good friends and, uh, and, and I shouldn't have never have, and, uh, I still haven't figured it out. Well, but. obviously, and I have no problem talking tough with it, but in my opinion, obviously they're idiots. 
if they are that narrow-minded to toss out a great friendship because you believe differently, they're morons. They're and you know what? If if they're BFRO followers, they're morons. They really are. I mean, if, if you're gonna, here's my issue. I have no issue with the BFRO. Okay, because anybody can do what you want. But when you when you are blatantly lying about your your research and your research numbers and statistics, you can't be trusted. Right. You have to tell the truth. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to lie to you. Exactly. I'm not going to hide it. This is what's going on. I mean, I everything that I say and I tell everybody, I've always had a witness. I'm never alone, ever. And they've all experienced it. My team has experienced it. That guy that came down from Mass still does can't get over that day. And uh, I haven't even brought up to where it's not like you're in the same place. My yeah. team, that day, that day that we went up to the top of the mountain after I came back from Florida, the two, the two youngest members of my team says, are you sure we're on the same trail that we were on last weekend? Because it sure doesn't seem like we're in the same place. Mm-hmm. That day. It was the day that it all went haywire. We had rocks thrown at us all day long, and then the meter went off on the top of the mountain, and then Shana said she's seen one, and then Michael got sick. He was he turned all red, almost vomiting. It was it was a pretty intense day, um, but it wasn't like you were in the same place. It's like it's weird. It's hard. It's hard. It's like you're in another realm. Another. It's like you're in a portal. You went through somewhere. I don't know how to explain it because I don't know anything if portals are real. I don't know. I've never seen a portal. I couldn't tell you what a portal is, but I'm starting to think that there's a way for these to, for whatever to use these doors. Oh, and, I uh, hear you. I hear Tesla, you, brother. Tesla and Einstein, and they they knew they existed. Um, so they're out there. I know that, but I, I don't know how to find them or how to use them or even where to begin to yeah. even look for one. Well, they definitely you know, don't have them in Walmart. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah right. You can't buy one off, no. off eBay. No, <laughs> definitely cannot. But, no, it's it's really sad because, I mean, when, when I see somebody who is completely flesh and blood about this creature, it makes me laugh because, you know, like there's one guy here in BC who, who he he goes around speaking at engagements how he's looking for the big BC monkey, the big monkey of the forests, and I just look at that and the way he talks about the arrogance that you have to have in order to call it a monkey or whatever uh, description you want to make when none of us know what this creature is. Right. And I think that, that it hurts the research. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And that's not healthy for what we're trying to accomplish here. It's not healthy at all. Well, I agree with you a hundred percent. He's not in the woods enough. And I've I've come to that conclusion. The more that you're in the woods looking for these guys, the more this stuff will open up to you. Absolutely, it's just it's just the way it goes. It's, it's just anybody will tell you that. The more you're in the woods, if you're going to go in the woods every three months and call yourself a researcher, investigator, then 
that's all you're going to do is you're going to hear a tree knock now and then, and mm-hmm. that's what you'll never if, progress. If you're lucky. All right, we got 10 seconds here. Big thank you to Chili Peen for kicking off the Super Chat tonight and for this month. It's a great way to support what we do on this show. Here's the second half hour. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Hey, before we continue, I want to give a big shout out to our newest listeners out in Vernal, Utah at Channel X94. Got a great email from Charlie, the station manager earlier today saying that you guys are really starting to dig what we do on uh spaced out radio here so thank you so so much for sharing that love with charlie we really do appreciate it because we're working hard to bring you these strange stories that are going all around the world on a nightly basis so thank you so so much for the love we appreciate it and to all our other radio stations out there just continues to grow we see the numbers and you guys are loving this type of programming at night and we're glad to bring it to you each and every night here so thank you so so much Chris Reinhardt from Discover Sasquatch is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio, and we are getting into a lot about what this creature is and Chris's own amazing experiences. It's changed. At first, he thought it was flesh and blood. Now, he's not so sure. The post-workout glow at Planet Fitness doesn't just feel great. It feels 80s pump-up jam great. Because when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. And now when you become a PF Black Card member, your glow can be even greater with a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and just $24.99 a month. Bring a friend, enjoy massage chairs, and get a free Amazon Halo View. Deal ends March 15th. 12-month commitment applies. See home club for details. Sign up for the Planet Fitness Black Card for $1 down, $24.99 a month, and get a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Deal ends March 15th. 12-month commitment applies. See Home Club for details. Sure. Chris, thank you so much for joining us, my man. Well, well thank you for having me back. I, it's, always a, it's always a pleasure being here. Always a pleasure. So right before the break, you know, you kind of got into the idea and, and the fact, and it is fact, that you lost friends over your switch in attitude about Sasquatch. And, you know, you've had to put that behind and now you got to keep moving on towards your own your own push for your own direction because you have to investigate what happens to you. How has your investigations changed now that you've figured out there there might be something more to this creature than just skin and bones and blood and muscle? So I have added frequency frequency techniques to our investigations now. And of course, we have the EM, EMF 
uh, of the meter. I am bringing tuning forks into the forest. We are trying, we're going to be trying tuning forks. We have other stuff that I, I'm not announcing yet, but we're building bo- special boxes with uh, special things built into them. The hope that we can draw. We've, we were, we're doing a lot of research on orbs. Um, we, we think that we might be able to draw them in because uh, the research that we've been doing in the off season here, we know what they're attracted to. We know a lot where they're seen. And uh, so we're, we're, we're doing experiments about orbs this year. And uh, I just want to let everybody in on a little secret. Um, aquifers. If you have an aquifer in your area that you go and you research in, chances are you're going to run into the Sasquatch. You're going to run into the spirits. They're all attracted to these aquifer areas for some reason. I can't explain it. I came up with it on my own because I did some research at my friend's areas and my areas that I go to, and I took the maps out, and I just wanted to see what commonalities there would be. And they all had aquifers at them. I didn't know the pyramids were built over aquifers. I didn't know the the, Indi- the Indian mounds, they're built over aquifers. They built them over the aquifers because the, the shamans and all that, they could, they could feel the earth's energy coming from the ground from these aquifers. And now I'm going to tell you a weird story about these aquifers. This is a, this is just, part of our investigations now so it's um when i the zoom h1n it's a recorder that we use uh doug i've been using it for three years every time i use it i get like a water sound a water sound that you can hear running water um i can play you want me let me play something so i i can play something for you right now and you can hear it yeah let's let's do that let's do that all right this is at a frozen swamp. There's four of us in Connecticut. So we'll play it right now. You hear that? What? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, like that. Right. Do you all hear the water running? Did you hear it? Yeah. I heard the hey. There's the water. I just heard that right here. Yeah. Like it was right in my ear. What what the hell is that? Why would there be water sounding like it's running? I think the H1N, Doug Hitech, says it picks up infrasound. I think the aquifers are the things that generate the infrasound from under the ground, and I think that's what the recorders are picking up. Did you hear the two hays, though? Did you hear the first hay? I did not. Let's play that again. All right. So I'll give you the rundown. The first one, you're going to hear a hay, and this is the guy in the back of the group. Now, we're all 12 feet apart. He hears this hay, but us and the three of us up front don't don't hear it. Then after I say I don't hear it, you'll hear you got to listen. Then you'll hear another, another guy go, hey. And then we hear it, and he doesn't. So we're picking up two different haze, and we're all 12, 12 feet apart. That's all we are, and it's all EVPs. You hear that? What? Yeah, sounds like a hey, like that. All right. Don't put them up here. 
heard it that time. Did you hear it? Yeah. I heard the hey. See? I just heard that right here. Yeah. Like it was right in my ear. Now you heard the running water. Yes. That's a frozen swamp in February in Connecticut. Where is that running water coming? And I've got it in four videos when we're picking up EVPs and there's no running water near it. I don't know how to explain. I think it's the aquifers. I think they're they're generating infrasound. I really, 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 really do. That's incredible. Incredible. I want to get back to this hay thing for a while because, you know, for some reason, whether it's aliens, UFOs, and even a lot of cryptid and paranormal stuff, a lot of times the phenomena only lets certain people hear or see things. Okay, like you could be in a group of 10 people and five of them will see a UFO in the sky. The other five don't see anything. And now the other people will be pointing up like, hey, there it is. Look, it's moving. And other people are like, what are you staring at? That's just the stars. They cannot see it. Do you have that sort of feeling that that was happening? Oh, yeah, that's happened. It's happened twice. Maria, my wife, and I seen a craft here the night of the election. Um, here in the United States, uh, and people were out in the parking lot, and we're, we were following it down the parking lot, and we are going, look at that, look at that, look at that. And there's people out there taking groceries out of their trunk of their car and didn't even turn around to look at us. It was like we weren't even there. And Maria brought this up to me. I didn't know, didn't even notice that. But she's like, do you know, did you know what the weirdest part about all that was? I was like, other than the craft that appeared and disappeared in front of our eyes? No, what was weirder than that? The people that were in the parking lot didn't even recognize that we were there. It was like we weren't there. We were just, uh, we were, we were the only ones meant to see this craft. And it was the size of a football field. This thing was only a hundred foot over our apartment. Didn't make a sound. It was a copper color. It was made out of triangles. Um, I can show you. I got pictures pulled up if you want. I can show you what it looked kind of looked like. I did it angles and um, if you want to see it. I mean, it's just a. It's just pictures it's just are a li- pictures are a little hard for our radio audience. But if we can describe them for our radio audience, that would be really cool. Yeah. All right. So it was it was an octagon shape, but it was made out of tri- it was all triangle patterns, and they were all copper. And it looked like that wasn't it your basic cigar. It was like it was a it was like a cigar in the middle, and then it just tapered off really, really thin at the t- at the at the ends. And there was a white light on the front, and there was a blue and a red one on the back. And it made zero zero sound. And then when it banked, it banked to where we saw the top of it. That's how hard it turned. And then it flattened itself out and kept on going. And we hopped in our car and followed it. It went up the hill where we lived, hunt another left, got to the woods, and poof, disappeared right there. And Maria's just, she still can't. Maria's, like I was telling you earlier before the show, this is my stuff. The Sasquatch, the stuff that I do, this is the stuff I enjoy. Maria wants nothing to do with it. She doesn't want to experience it. And this is the second craft that we have seen together. But this thing was, uh, like I just brought it up, it was like we were meant to see it and nobody else was. That's in, like, the AVPs. The guy in back, like the one we just listened to, the guy in the back heard that, hey, the three of us up front didn't. But when the second hay came with a different tone of voice, 
we heard that hay and he didn't. And we're all in the line of 12 feet. And then you got the running water where we're in a frozen swamp in February in Connecticut. And that's ice. We're in ice. There's no running water there. Um, it's, uh, it's just, like I said, it just keeps on getting stranger and stranger as we move along here. I love it. I love the high strangeness when it, when it, uh, when it comes out like that, Chris, the idea that uh, the reason why I get goosebumps when we talk about stuff like this is it reminds me of the time when I had a Sasquatch encounter with some friends and I saw pixelation beside a tree behind my friend's house and only one other person out of us four could see it besides me. And that pixelation was from the ground to about eight, 10 feet up that tree. And the other two got frustrated because they couldn't see a thing. We walked to the front of the house. And as soon as we got to the front of the house from that exact area where the tree was, we got roared at. And it was the most blood curdling thing I have ever heard in my life and never want to hear again. I have gone over YouTube. I don't know how many times for any, every animal that is in that area and nothing sounds like what we heard that day. And the idea that, that this strangeness is happening because a lot of first nations people believe that Sasquatch is a shapeshifter or interdimensional of one sort it is hard to fathom for a lot of us out there because we don't think of things in such a in such an open term. So for you, the post workout glow at Planet Fitness doesn't just feel great; it feels '80s pump up jam great. Because when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. And now when you become a PF Black Card member, your glow can be even greater with a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Get the glow. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and just $24.99 a month. Bring a friend, enjoy massage chairs, and get a free Amazon Halo View. Deal ends March 15th. 12-month commitment applies. See home club for details. Sign up for the Planet Fitness Black Card for $1 down, $24.99 a month, and get a free Amazon Halo Fitness Tracker. Deal ends March 15th. Get the glow. 12-month commitment applies. See home club for details. When you take your team out... And you're out looking for this, and you're looking now for those anomalies. Are those anomalies happening each and every time you go out now? Or is it staggered? Maybe it's once every three times, once every five times you go out? Um, Last year, I had some health issues with my eye and uh, stomach. But every time we went out last year, it happened um, to the team. I'm, I'm never I'm never by myself. I never go by myself. I had an experience when I first started this, and I have never gone out in the woods by myself, and I won't do it. Um, we were lured into the woods by something we couldn't see, and it pretended to be a wounded dog, and I never gone back in alone. So every experience that I've told you guys tonight, I have had somebody with me. The team has now... Uh, there's two females on our team. They're young ladies. They're 21, and I believe Mary's 19. They have both seen two Sasquatches at our area this year. They got whistled at, like whistled like like you see a pretty girl, you go like that. They got whistled at that like that this year out my area. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard, and it happened. And um, 
they seen them that day. Um, so it's happening basically, yeah. So almost every every time I would say we're either taking EVPs or sightings or something's being thrown, but we're having activity. Again, we're not seeing what's doing it now. Now that's the big one. We're not seeing a Sasquatch doing this. We're only assuming that it's a Sasquatch because that's what we're looking for. Um, I think alien techno. I think aliens have a lot to do with what's going on with the Sasquatch now too. I think. I think all. I think everything's attracted to these high strangeness areas, high energy. I, I just believe that the Sasquatch are attracted. Aliens are attracted. Every, the, the, of course, you know. Studies have shown that 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 uh, spirits are, are attracted to the high energy, you know, with all the ga- the gadgets. So we're going to start bringing out some ghost ghost uh, uh, hunting equipment with us here this year to try out also. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost every time, Dave. It's uh, we don't. I found a four print trackway this year, and when we, it was 95 degrees and we were getting eaten alive, it's in the swamp again, the same swamp where we just got that EVP. And found four beautiful tracks coming down this hill, and then they just disappeared. But uh, it was the worst day imaginable. The sweat was just pouring down your face. The horse flies, you're getting eaten. You're, you're trouncing through the brush in the swamp. And we found this area where those tracks were. And the guy that was with me, he goes, it's like we're not even in the same forest anymore. There was no more bugs. There was no more heat. It was like we were in a whole different, it was like we were in a whole different forest. The birds stopped, everything, it was just, it was, it was the weirdest situation I've ever experienced. But it's happened at the other areas too, with the, with the, the two, the two youngest people of my team too. We were up at that rock throw alley and we were having stuff go on and they came up to me and they're like, are you sure we're on the same trail that we were on last week? Because the woods doesn't feel the same, so I think that has a lot to do with it, and we're starting to pay attention to that too. When the woods gets quiet and it doesn't seem you're like you're in the same spot anymore, it's time to sit down and take it in and start looking around. Because um, uh, we believe that you have either stepped into I don't know, well, I don't even know how to explain it, but um, I might have gone off track a little bit. But oh, uh, keep going, man! You're sounding great. But uh, it's like you're in a different area when they're, they're around. It's not like you're in the same area. You're you're somewhere else. And I don't know if we've gone through a portal because I don't know what a portal is. I've never seen a portal. I couldn't even tell you how to find a portal. Like we were talking on the break, we can't go to eBay and buy a portal. Um, but I can tell you this, that the areas when this happens, you're in it. It's not the same place. It's the the the, the wind changes. The the humidity changes. It's just not the same. So, um, are you invited to these areas uh, by tracking these guys? We found the four prints because we followed a set of prints that day. We were all over that swamp that led us to this one area. Um, and then once we got there, or was or were they just there? And they slipped out, and that door was still open while we were there. I mean, there's a million and one possibilities, but all I can tell you is that it was no longer 95. The deer ticks were no longer biting us, and uh, we were we were able to sit there and measure the prints and talk about the prints and just sit there like it with the the heat was was never there. So um, it's very very strange 
things get have gotten very very strange in the last couple of years but uh if you start putting it in your book write everything down and if it starts continuing then 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 you know that this is what goes down this is something to look for so that's another thing that we're looking for we go to aquifer areas and then we're looking for when we're out at these areas for the woods to calm down. You know, we've all experienced the woods turning off. I mean, that's common. Everybody talks about when you're all out Sasquatch, you're at an area, all of a sudden the birds stop. There's nothing. The squirrels aren't there. The bugs aren't there. I mean, the the the, the katydids even shut down when the Sasquatch is around. So these are just things I'm trying to tell you. That's, that's what we're looking for. That's what has changed in my investigations. Cause before I would have never in a million years, even thought of even thinking about that happening and for us to look for it. One of the things I want to ask you about this is you, when you choose an area and I think for any rookie out there who or, or amateur, such as myself, who who wants to learn this subject, it's not just about driving any forest road to see if you see anything. You really have to start and lay roots in an area. Look, once you find that first clue, whether it's a footprint or a structure or a bunch of anomalous X's uh, in the trees that seem to line up, that's your starting point. And you may have to go there 10, 20, 30 times before you start getting any sort of interaction or high strangeness. How important is it to be patient with this creature and just let things happen? It is very, very, very important because we gifted with these guys for six years at my place I called Larry's. And we went there for over, I would say, two months before anything was ever taken, before any gifting ever started, until we even heard a knock. It was a two months. But what we noticed and what we went and looked for were the structures. We went and looked for real, real structures. I mean, we the structures, there's a lot of them. you got to be careful because a lot of them are windblown. Structures that we found there is we found a bow. Now, bows are tough because trees fall all the time. And they can they can land on a sapling, and that sapling is still going to grow. It's going to keep growing year after year. As long as it's getting water and sun, it's going to grow. We found a sapling that was broken, and it was stuck in a stump, and the other part of the sapling was stuck in the ground. Now, that was manipulated. That did not grow that way. It was done that way. So we would mark that on our map. We would draw our little map. And at this time, we were back and forth all over the woods. I mean, we, we never had a pattern. But as soon as we started marking these, 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 uh, the structures, it, it, it formed a loop. So after the loop formed, we started walking the same path all the time, all the time, all the time. And then one day we got our first knocks. And when we got our first knocks, we were looking for a place to start trading with them. We said, all right, so we, the knocks happened there. We're going to trade with them there. And that's how we found the trading spot. We were patient, like you just said. We took our time. We looked around. We looked for with them. I think they notice when you're looking at their stuff. I think they pay attention to you do the same loop every time. They know where you're going. You're not going to surprise them. You're not going to back out on them. They can get ahead of you. They can stay behind you. And 
We put the gifts there. We started trading a month later after we laid the first gifts there. They took everything on the whole rock. And for six years, we traded with them at that spot. Now we can't go back there because the land sold. We got kicked off the property after six. I almost cried because they were following us the last year to the point where they were knocking on trees 20 feet in back of us, letting us know they were there. And, uh, the property is now sold, so now we, we we can't get back up there. But um, but patience, yes, Dave is very very important. You got they time to them. I think means nothing. I mean, they're in no hurry for you know, uh, anything in my book. No, and, and you know what? I want to ask you because in our area that we started getting action on late last fall, as we got about a minute to go here. In your area, did you, have you ever had encounters? where the minute you get out of your or you're driving up to that spot and you get out of your vehicle something is scaring you to stay right the hell away um we've gotten in a different area yeah well we never had that at larry's but i've had that up at rock throw alley where we've never we never we wouldn't go to the top because we would that's the that's the spot where we usually interact with them there's a it's off trail and nobody knows where it's an old old campsite that is not even used anymore and uh some days you you just don't want to go up there. It's just you got that. It's just the feeling that you get that you you don't want to go up there, and so we don't. I don't. After the Rock Throw Alley got its name for, without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For adults with IBSD, ask your doctor about Zyfaxin, a two-week treatment that may provide up to six months of symptom relief from abdominal pain and diarrhea, averaging 10 weeks, range of 6 to 24 weeks. Learn more and see the PI at Zyfaxin.com. Do not use Zyfaxin if you have a history of sensitivity to rifaximin, rifamycin antibiotic agents, or any components of Zyfaxin. Tell your doctor right away if your diarrhea worsens while taking Zyfaxin, as this may be a sign of a serious or even fatal condition. Tell your doctor if you are pregnant, plan on becoming pregnant, are nursing, or if you have liver disease, taking warfarin or other medications. Some medications may increase the amount of Zyfaxin in your body. The most common side effects are nausea and an increase increase in liver enzymes. Zyfaxin. That reason for rock throws, and that was the first experience that we had there. And uh, if you want to talk about when we get back from break, I'll let everybody know what happened. All right. Chris, I'm going to get you to hold on right there, our good friend of this show, Chris Reinhardt. We are talking Sasquatch tonight. He's from Discover Sasquatch in the Berkshire Mountains area, New York and Connecticut. A great highway of monsters that he is tracking on down. And when we return, we're going to get into more stories with Chris right after this. Stay tuned. All right, buddy, we are clear. Okay. I'm going to uh, take a quick break here. Did you want to hang out with the audience, chat with them, or did you want me to put you in the green room? Um, I'll take the green room. I gotta go get something to drink real quick. All right, audience, we'll be right back, guys. Be right back. 
All right. I am back. So is Gris. <laughs> How y'all doing out there in radio land and, well, podcast land and everything? YouTube land, Twitch land. So you can you can see all that on your board. Oh yeah. This is this is podcast land right here. See what uh, one of my listeners uh, made for me right here. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, the Michael Leger who is in our chat room. He carved that gnome for me last year, and then in the mail just about a month ago, I got I got this uh, Sasquatch head that he carved. Just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Got to love people like that, oh. you know? Love them. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Just to be able to do something like that, you know, with your hands and carve it like that is Not pretty me, crazy. So. Not me, man. Not me. A big thank you tonight to both Chili Peen and Rob for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. I want to remind you we're just a couple of weeks away from UFO Con 2023 in San Francisco. I will be there as one of the hosts. And I uh, would love to see you all down there March 17th through 19th in San Francisco. You can get your tickets at UFOCon2023.com. And then, of course, our Las Vegas event, the second annual fan party, May 19th through 21st. We want to see you all there. And we're going to have some great guests that are going to be there. And, uh, yeah, get your tickets now. VIP tickets are just 100 bucks. regular tickets, 60 And... Go to info at spacedoutradio.com. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in from our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kyrie Alexi. Kyrie Alexi is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with our good friend Chris Reinhardt from Discover Sasquatch out of the Berkshire Mountains of New York and Connecticut, chasing down the legendary monster we call Bigfoot. And, you know, there is so much going on with this creature and the way it acts, the way it, it seems to manifest itself 
in areas. And right before the break, we were talking about, you know, trying to keep everything the same. The one thing about Sasquatch is it really seems to like patterns. Like if you park in the same spot, if you're wearing the same clothes, if you walk the same direction each and every time, why do you think that is? I, I think they're a creature of habit. I, I mean, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I same routine every day is kind of boring, but I think if they get used to it, they get comfortable with it. I mean, if you get comfortable with your habits, I mean, it becomes, uh, it's called a habit for a reason. It comes daily. And, uh, I think, uh, they get comfortable with seeing you doing the same thing. I, I do. I wear the same, I wear camo. I don't wear camo cause I'm hunting them. I just wear camo cause I like camo. We use a whistle, the same whistle at every area that we use as an ID. They know the whistle. They've imitated the whistle. We have that on my channel. You can search that, and uh, they've imitated it almost perfectly except for one note. Um, I just think they, they, they enjoy being part of who and what you're doing um, and knowing that there's not going to be any surprises. Like if you walk that, that, that path all the time, the same path, they know where you're going to go. They know you're not going to go off over to the right, or you're not going to go backtrack to the left. They're going to follow you. They're going to come with you. They're going to see what you're looking at. They're going to be curious. Um, again, is again, this is just my opinion. And, uh, this is what we've gathered over the years. Um, we've learned, Lots of stuff this way and uh, with the gifting area. And, uh, yeah, so I think they're a creature of habit. I think they they like they like being secure. I, I, and even though they're that big and could tear your neck apart or whatever or tear your arm out of socket, I think they like to feel safe and um, they don't want to be surprised. When you stay at a Verbo, you always get the whole home. The whole upstairs. The whole downstairs. And the whole nap room. Only whole vacation homes. Always all yours. Book on the Verbo app. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L-Series tractor is the number one selling compact tractor in the U.S. for over 10 years. Powerful Kubota diesel engine. Ease of operation. And your choice of a Kubota gear or HST transmission. The durable Kubota L-Series. Talk to your local Kubota dealer today to schedule a demo. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Parish Tractor. Kubota Elite Dealer. On the web at ParishTractor.com. No, and I could see that very much so. I mean, they are a creature where, look, we know they're strong. We know that they that in order to compete in that type of environment, they have to be, I don't want to say an apex predator, but let's say an apex creature of their environment. You know, we, we have stories about these creatures eating deer, eating uh hogs in the united states wild feral hogs uh you know we hear this i mean this is where i think a lot of that flesh and blood versus versus interdimensional seems to come into play here you know if a creature is interdimensional and has all these mystic powers why would it need to feed off of deer or or hogs or any other type of animal i mean what's your thoughts on this well, I do believe they do come here and hunt. I believe they sleep here. They hunt here. They they defecate here. I know that. We found plenty of piles. I never found out till last year that they they defecate together. Um, it's it's a com it's a common 
thing, I guess, in certain areas. They all, there's three of them there. You'll find three piles, and, and it happens all over the place. And I never knew that. And I used to find that at Larry's all the time, and we thought it was very strange. And then we found out last year that there was a thing, and we're like, holy cow, that goes on at Larry's too. Um, I think they have to eat. And I think from wherever they come from, they have to hunt here because their maybe their food source there is has diminished and or it's poisoned or they can't eat it any longer or they come here and they have to eat to survive while they're here. Who knows how long they stay here? Who knows if they just come in an hour and then they're gone an hour? Who knows how much uh, how long of a period of time that one even you know is here 30 days 60 days 90 days so of course if something's here in 90 days and it needs water and food to survive it's gonna it's gonna eat and it's gonna drink and it's gonna do what it's got to do while it's here um they just in my book they're just not here all the time and they have very special abilities right so let's get to some of your stories because i think People always like to hear the stories of this. You know, talk about one of your closest encounters that you have had. All right, I'd like to, I'd really like to tell you what's happened here at my house Let's with do the, it. with the meditations and everything. Uh, as of late, I think uh, uh, you'll really enjoy hearing this, and it's uh, it's more the woo. Um, this, like I said, this has just progressed. So I started meditating. And uh, asking things and asking, put questions to the universe. I've been reading books on Tesla and Einstein. I just think frequencies and vibration. I think that has a lot to do with what's going on out there with these guys in the forest. And that's what I'm into now. So I started, I started meditating. And I asked, I was in a meditation and it just doesn't happen all the time. And I can't get there all the time. But when you're there... It's like you're pulled into this spot, and I can't describe the feeling, but it's very peaceful, and you're there. Well, the first time that this happened to me, I got a name and a face. Now, the face was there the whole time. It's like a, she's like a, I know it's a girl now, and she's got big brown eyes. She looks, she's a, she's a Sasquatch. She's a Sasquatch, but she's a juvenile, and um. I was uh, meditating that night, just just asking if they were still out back here because I had a lot of stuff happen out in back of my house. There's a structure back there now, and I had gifts left at my back door. And I'm asking, are you guys still out back? You know, just give me give me a sign. And her face popped into my head, and all of a sudden I hear this 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 voice goes na 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 na. And then all of a sudden you hear, Tatari, then all of a sudden, Natari. Just like that. And boom, I wake up. I had the faces in bed in my leg. My hair is standing straight up on my arms right now. And now I have this name, Natari. Now, Natari is not a name that you say. Have you ever said Natari, Dave, in your whole entire life? Never. No. I have never said Natari in my entire life. So. I wake up the next day. I tell Maria about about the the meditation, what I was asking for. Let them know that I'm still here. She goes, "Oh yeah, well look in the backyard." So I look in the backyard. There's a stuffed monkey and a Tupperware container in my backyard. Two of the items that we used at the gifting area at Larry's. 
the same monkey that we would tie in the tree and then and velcro its arms it was a different color but it was the same stuffed monkey and a tupperware where we used to put the gifts and bury it underground underneath the rocks these two items are sitting in my backyard now from the night before from the meditation dream seeing this natari girl asking if they were still back here now to me that is perfect, perfect uh, representation of them knowing, of answering my question, that they are still back there because how, who else would know that that was the same kind of monkey we would wrap in the tree and they would take and play with. And they took one and brought it back. Uh, they took one for a year and then brought it back after a year's time, the same week. Same exact monkey and a Tupperware container. I mean, it just doesn't, and it's not coincidence. Coincidence has been thrown out the door with me. So that, so that, that, that's going on. So that whole week, all of a sudden, in my town, you never hear this, there's a sighting. There's a sighting now. After all this meditation, Atari, the sight, now there's a sighting. Maria feeds every animal in the book. Maria's my wife. She feeds hummingbirds, birds, 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 turkeys, bears. If she she feed the bears if she could. Um, she has a hummingbird feeder, and in the morning she was waking up, and she would go out to feed her other birds with the bird feeder. But the hummingbird feeder lid would be pot, the top would be popped off, all the liquid be drank, and then all the flowers plucked off the bottom of the hummingbird feeder and left in a little pile. Under, underneath the feeder. And this one went on for four days straight after the sighting in town. On the fifth day, she came in and she was mad. She goes, your buddies, now she calls them my buddies. She always calls them, your buddies took one of my flowers from my hummingbird feeder. Now I only have four. The fifth one's missing. So I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll bring it back to you. I don't know what's going to, you know, they'll probably bring it back. That's what I told her, I believe. The next morning she wakes up, guess what's back? It's a fifth flower. That night I'm sleeping in my bed upstairs and my grandbabies live with me and they're getting in ready to take a tub and they turn the water on and all of a sudden my room starts shaking. I think the pipes are ready to burst. I get up out of bed. I go outside. I open up the, what's going on? What's going, what's, what's happening? The pipes, what's going on with the plumbing? Maria yells up the stairs, there's a blacked-out helicopter hovering over our apartment. No way. It's, yeah, blacked-out, hovered over our apartment for 10 minutes. The next day, Sasquatch activity stopped. No more drinking of the hummingbird water, no more uh, any flower plucking. It all ended after that night with the chopper. So... They got quiet here and got quiet here for a little while. Then I had another meditational dream. And this time I saw a gray Sasquatch and he was not, uh, he was a scary one. When, when we, we made eye contact in the meditation and I, I didn't even wait around it. I woke right out of the meditation. I could still see him big red eyes. He's he really scary looking guy. Um, the next week comes. Maria goes outside to feed the other birds. There's a she has these lights that have hummingbirds on them, and they, she sticks them in the ground. Well, right underneath now the hummingbird feeder is now inside because the hummingbirds are gone, 
and she's not feeding the hummingbirds. Right underneath where the feeder was and they were leaving the piles of the flowers from the hummingbird was this light with the hummingbird on it now. In the same exact spot where the um where they were leaving the flowers. So I think they were they were they came back and they were trying to uh they were trying to get Maria to bring the hummingbird the sugar water back out so she would feed them. That night I get another meditation and now this is a little black furry one and he's about four foot tall and this is really, really strange. And there's a beach ball on my chest and he runs across my bedroom. It's in my bed and he jumps up on my that beach ball and he goes Archibald. And then I wake up from the meditation. I'm not asleep. I'm in meditation. Wherever this is, it takes me. And his name is Archibald. I can still see him. I got the Drew pictures of him. Like Steve Wolf was saying, I, he's seen all my pictures. He's a great guy, by the way, Steve. Nice to see you here tonight. And Brown Dwarf has seen the pictures, too. Archibald is his name. So I'm not thinking anything about it. And then Maria, Maria starts talking to me. She goes, you know, for the last couple of days, there hasn't been any squirrels at the feeders. There's no birds at the feeders. Nothing's coming to the feeders. Well, what, what, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, my God. Archibald, he's in the woods. There's nothing coming to the feeders. The wildlife is not coming to the house. He's out there. That night, the, the, the monkey that Natari brought was taken back. And then the next day, guess what comes back? The squirrels and the birds and everything else. And now the stuffed monkey that Natari brought, of which I believe Natari brought, is now gone. Taken. Gone, gone. It's gone. I can't find it. It's not in the woods back there. It's, it's just gone. So now I believe that he came and told me basically he was out there. Come see him. And maybe the beach ball was a symbol. I'm not, I guess I wasn't smart enough to put one and one together with it all or nothing, but I'm getting meditations and hearing names and seeing these things. And then the next day, physical things are going on, like the bringing of the, the monkey and the Tupperware container and the taking of the monkey and the drinking of the water. And the, the Black Dow helicopter was really, that was, Maria wasn't happy about that one. Um, she, cause we had the grandbabies live here. She goes, I don't want any of this stuff happening here. I don't want this happening here. I, I'm like, I don't know how to stop it. Um, but they have no more helicopters have returned since, but, uh, I just firmly believe that these meditations are telling me something. I think they, they mean something to either to let me know they're out there, come see us, or I don't know if anybody in the, anybody in the chat room has experienced any of this stuff or this is all new to me uh discover sasquatch at gmail.com i would love to hear thoughts and um because it's very very strange and would you agree that just this doesn't happen on an everyday basis um i can't get to this spot in meditation i wish i could maybe i would learn more but i can't it's like i i pray first because I want to be safe because I don't want to go somewhere because people say things, other things can pop into your meditation that aren't good and that, they don't, that shouldn't be there. So I always pray first. And then for some reason, I get drawn and sucked into this. So 
are they coming? Are there, are these their names? Are they, are they telling me their names? Are these the names? Do I look for these guys this year? Do I go out in the woods and look for Natari? Do I look, you know, Natari, are you, are you, are you out there? And Natari was the first native American saint. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'll tell you another crazy story. Her family passed from smallpox. The, the tribe got smallpox. Upper state New York is where the tribe, the Mohegans, she was a member, her father was a Mohegan hunter, really high up in the Mohegan tribe. They all got the smallpox and died, but she lived, and her she was very deformed. Now, this is just the name. This is just the story behind her name, because Al Santariga looked this up for me, because I would have never put one and one together. And she survived, but she was very disformed. And guess what happened to her? She went blind, Dave. What has been going on with my eye for the last three years? Yes. My retina has been detaching over and over and over and over again. Do you think? Now, I'm not saying. Let me cut you off any- right there for a second. Do you think that maybe you were possessed by these spirits? I, I, well, we, we had to have the house blessed because the babies were seeing monsters here after Florida. Um, they were pointing in the corners and they were saying monsters. We had to have Deb and, uh, Larry come in, you know, Deb and Larry, right? Um, what's their last name? Larry and Deb, um, they're friends of Al's, they're exorcists, but they came to do Al a favor and bless the house. Now they said there was nothing evil here, but... We walked across somewhere that we should have never walked across. It was by accident. It was Native American in origin. And then the Natari name comes through. But Natari, the face doesn't look like a, 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 a Native American. It looks like a Sasquatch. She had three dreadlocks in front of her. Um, I'll send you the picture after the show. And uh, she looks, she's got brown, long brown hair. She's a Sasquatch. I don't know how it's all tied in, and I'm trying to figure it out. It's very, 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 um, it's very confusing at this point. I just don't know what, what's what, or what, and how, what. Can 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 physical harm come to you through meditation? Could something come in and do something to your eyes? Could something, you know, I don't know. And I can, you know, it's, I, it's just, it's very, very strange that this, ever since the green swamp that it has progressed this way. So I wouldn't say possessed and into me, but maybe I, well, maybe I don't, I don't know the glade, the people that came here to bless the house said there was no demonic presence here. So that was the best part. Do you feel safe? I feel safe in my home. Yes, I I I I, I pray in Jesus's name and the blood of Jesus Christ, and uh, I have uh, holy water. I carry. Yeah, I definitely I carry holy water with me out in the field now. I have um, uh, smudging spray. We smudge our stuff when we come home before we leave the forest. Nothing's allowed to attach to us. Nothing's allowed because there's other things out there in the woods that's roaming around that can attach to you and will attach to you. The piggyback, the piggyback thing will happen and it does happen. And something did attach to me and come home and it attached 
to the other two people in Florida too, because they have stuff going on at their homes too. The same people that walked across the same area that I did in the green swamp. And this is when this all went down is from the green swamp. Um, so what it was, I don't know, but um, the meditations is pretty wild because the next day it, it, they tell you, it, they show you that it's just not a dream. It's real. You know, they it's, it's like physical activity like that. The monkey reed disappearing, something taking the monkey. It just sat in that tree for a month and a half before anything happened to it. And then once he came, told me his name and the, the squirrels came and disappeared and came back and took the monkey. And I mean, it's all very, very confusing, but it all has to do with Sasquatch because that's what I'm looking for. And that's what these are creatures. This little guy, I'll send you pictures too. You can see after the show, the little black dude with the furry and his He's only he's got a patch over his eyes like this that's all skin, but the rest of him's all hair. Um, he kind of looks like Patty, but a smaller, smaller version. Um, I I don't know how to explain it, but that feel, that that's with that what? beats every experience I've had with a Sasquatch so far this last couple months with the the meditation. With about forty seconds to go, do you feel safe around this creature? Do you think it has? Your best interest at heart? Oh, I, I don't. Th- I don't believe the Sasquatch will hurt me. I don't. I don't believe that. I think there's other things in the woods that are out to hurt you. I don't think personally that the Sasquatches are the ones that are out to hurt you. Now, dogmen, on the other hand, I don't. I think dogmen are evil in my in my opinion. I don't. Um, but I never ran into one of those either, so I couldn't. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell any of it. But. Uh, this is one, this is, again, I can't lie to any any of you guys. This is what's happening to me. This is the truth. Um, hopefully I get answers this year. Hopefully the, the, the woods opens up. Hopefully Natari opens up. Hopefully Archibald. Hopefully I come across a beach ball in the middle of the woods. Our good friend Chris Reinhardt from Discover Sasquatch in the Berkshire Mountains of New York and Connecticut. We got up till the top of the hour on Spaced Out Radio. More high strangeness from the forests of North America on Spaced Out Radio next. Hot damn, that's a good story. That is a good story. We had, at, at my area that we are investigating, and we can't get in there probably until about April, end of April if we're lucky with the amount of snow. <laughs> we... um. We uh, had the one day we ha- we had uh, fairies pushing through the trees. The next week we went there, the UFOs showed up. The following week we went there. The minute we turned onto that logging road, there was some. I was personally seeing. Uh, Paradolia of alien gray heads in every tree in every bush that I saw, and I, and my, um, the other two with me were feeling real dark, heavy energy. And when we pulled up to our spot, I I wouldn't even let my son out of the truck. 
we were only there about 40 minutes and whatever it was there now according to robin mccray who i introduced you to um she said that there was some sort of evil aliens uh there uh, that were not too kind and very close by. And that was uh, the Sasquatch that was actually scaring us away for our own safety. Oh, and, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And then we uh, we skipped a week, went back the following week, had a barbecue out there, nothing happened, went back the following week, set up another fire, and that's when we saw the 10-footer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then way in the background, dude. Way in the background. Just like Ric Flair. Woo! And it happened twice after seeing him. It was freaking awesome. Just yeah. awesome. Now, according to Robin McRae, uh, she is in contact with my dude out there. And apparently he's been asking lately when we're coming back. That's wild. Yeah. I I, I really, I, I tell you, as the truth, I haven't really, we were starting, I was starting to talk to her and then just life got crazy and i haven't really reached out but i need to really reach out to her because uh i believe i i don't doubt it i don't doubt anybody and like i said there's no more coincidence yeah. with this stuff is she what what has she got to come out what is she's telling you this what has she got to lose what is she gonna lose you know what i mean she's oh, not I making agree. it up just to talk to you you're gonna talk to her regardless doesn't matter um just like when I had Katie on the show, Katie's an awesome, awesome, awesome girl. And uh, she would, I learned a ton of stuff from her just for the, the short time she was on the show. And uh, I think if we all start working together, ufologists, the crypto, cryptozoologists, whatever you want to call us, investigators, I call myself, um, and the paranormal, I think if we could all learn to do this and instead of competing with each other, I think we can make huge strides. I think it's all intertwined. I think it's just, it's all, and I think it's all alien is the, the root of all of it. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's alien, but it's definitely the phenomena controlling everything, whatever that phenomena is. Right, right. Well, and I think, uh, yeah, well, the way that Katie was talking about the ranch out there, uh, how the, 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 
the the aliens were controlling the Sasquatch out there, telling them what to do. Um, I've I never heard that story before until that moment either. So who who knows what goes on? Right. Right. Or that would maybe that was just a special occasion. Maybe that was just their own personal. Say I don't. I don't. Just just too much. Too much to take in. It really is. Oh. It, it really is. But uh, I hope I, I if this I'm gonna reach out to that that lady. I want to I want to find out about uh the Atari and uh oh yeah Archibald. There's another name that I don't don't use Archibald. I, in a hundred million years, I would never say Archibald. I just don't know where these names are coming from. Yeah, Robin. Uh, uh, Robin is uh, pretty amazing. She is pretty amazing. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to reach out for. Her. I didn't do it on purpose either. Just got busy at work, and then I tried a million things at once. That's my problem. I try to chew off more than I can handle. Oh, we all do. Hold on right there. we got 10 seconds. Thank you to Chili Peen, Bigfoot Rob, Human Carl, and Steve Wolf for the amazing super chats. Thank you so much. Here we go with the next half hour. past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for tuning us on in. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate it. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final time tonight, we introduce our guest, Chris Reinhardt. He is from Discover Sasquatch out of the Berkshire Mountains of New York and Connecticut. And we are hearing some interesting stories about what this creature does out in the wilderness and how it could change you. Let's talk a little bit about telepathy because you've also, Chris, had this happening and going on. Yeah, and um, hearing the voices is is very very new, and I didn't think I again like I you said at the beginning of the show and throughout the show I was Mister Flesh and Blood and I didn't even think this stuff could ever happen. I mean, I believe in aliens. Um, I believe in all cryptids. I believe in everything, but I didn't believe in this other side that the mind speak. And I didn't believe in them appearing and disappearing and portals and different worlds and have them coming out of saucers and all that stuff. And uh, hearing the voices and hearing the names now... um, you got to believe it. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not making it up. I, I mean, I don't even drink beer. I, I don't even, I, I don't do anything. I'm a very boring guy. Um, I go in the woods and I search for Sasquatch as my hobby, but I don't drink beer. I don't do drugs. I don't do any of that stuff. And now I'm, I'm experiencing names that are given to me and, uh, I'm hoping for the lotto numbers sooner or later. That that would that would help out a little bit on on the research side for uh, a couple of numbers and 
couple mil, that would be that would work out great, right? <laughs> oh, don't we all wish that? Don't we all wish that? You know? But the idea behind the the chase of the cryptid, the chase of of this, you have decided to think that these are more forest people now. I I know personally I'm still not there, but why do you define the Sasquatch as forest people now? It's just they're well too. They're they're, they're just too organized, and and now I know they can they can talk to you. I mean they have a language. I'm getting there's something I haven't mentioned yet. I am starting a new page on my website. It's called Three Six Nine after uh, uh, Nikola Tesla, and uh, I am taking in recordings from across America, and you're going to be able to put them on my site, and we're going to map them out, and we're going to tell each county where they come from, and you're going to be able to hear the the vocals, and you know who found the vocals where they were recorded. And you're also going to be able to put any sighting that you had. If you've seen a Sasquatch walking down the road with a unicorn playing the ukulele, you're going to be able to put this on this page. Because I think it needs to be documented. I'm That's just a far-off case. I'm just using it as an example. But if you see a Sasquatch with blue and yellow orbs and it's sitting there and it's eating, breaking a branch or something, looking in a tree and there's orbs around it, you're going to be able to go to my site and report that because I think it's it, all data needs to be logged. And I think audio is the biggest, 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 biggest tool that we have where we can get that on a consistent basis, you know, from everywhere. And uh, they have a language. I've gotten 10, 11, 12 recordings from across America, and it's all the Sierra sounds. It's all the same language that uh, that Ron Moore had, had captured. Now they're capturing it in Louisiana in the swamps. They're capturing it in Texas. They're capturing it in Washington State. It's a language. And uh, you're going to be able to go to my site and you're going to be able to hear these recordings. So if I call them the people because they can they can they can communicate with each other, whether if it's vocally or they don't even have to use their mouths. Maybe they can they maybe they could do telepathy. I don't know between each other, but I think it's important that we start keeping track of everything, not just a sighting, not just a howl, not just you know, orbs. I think the orbs is their own phenomenon. I don't think they have anything to do with the Sasquatch personally. I think it's a energy thing, the earth's energy. And uh, we're going to try, like I said, at the beginning of the show, we're going to, we have experiments designed specifically to see if we can draw in orbs. And uh, if it works, it's going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty extraordinary. Um, and magnetism. Magnetism is very important, too. We're going to be playing with magnets this year and stuff like just just making, just go thinking outside the box with what we're experiencing. And uh, hopefully this can all gel in together and um, we can move on. But the Sasquatch are people because they're organized. They talk to each other. They, they, uh, they're well organized. They're hidden. They're not found. Um, they're very, very smart. I mean, y- you can find a bear 
You can find a grizzly bear. You can find a, a, a bobcat. I mean, they're hard. They're hard. They're elusive, but you can still go find one. But how many people do you know can track down a Sasquatch? Not too many. I mean, you can track them. You can follow their prints. You can follow their, their, their breaks. You can follow this and that. But how many truly true pictures or film do we really have of a Sasquatch? Not too many. If you had the smoking gun evidence, would you even release it? Uh, see, now, that, that, now that's a tough question. It would d- depend on the circumstances. If it was to save them, yes. If it was for self-glory, no. Right. I, 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 there's no, to me, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't need to put it out there for self glory. I already know they exist. I'm just trying to keep awareness going. Um, had a very good friend, Kerry Arnold, uh, he who passed away uh, in a tragic accident last year, and uh, his main thing was awareness. And I uh, promise, I will going to keep awareness alive as long as I keep on doing this. And that's what I'm out to. And so if uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn them in. I might release the picture, but I wouldn't tell you where it's from. I wouldn't tell them how to get to it. I wouldn't do anything like that. Um, but I, I, I guess I would show the picture for awareness, but not for money, not for self glorification, just for awareness. Period. All right. Let's get to Barry's question here, Chris. Have they ever communicated with you in your dreams when you weren't meditating? Yep. How you doing, Barry? Um, yes, they have. I have had uh, crazy dreams, and I've had a dream to the point to where I think I'm going to see one run across a field. I know the field. I'm I'm actually going to visit this place in June. I know the field. I've seen the pictures. I've seen uh, trail cam pictures from this area. I know the field. I see it in my dreams, and I see this one repeatedly running across the same same path, same way. I mean, it's not a communication, but they're showing me the same scene over and over and over again to the point where I think 100% it's going to happen. Um, so they're not talking to me, but they're showing me, uh, showing me the same, same, same thing over and over again. I think that's a good question. I mean, that ties in to the telepathy and everything that goes on. Uh, You know, Chris, through this journey, we're we're so often wrapped up about what we are trying to learn about the creature, its habitat, its food, where it lives, what it is it drink. You know, we're trying to learn every little facet of it. But I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to flip it on you. What has changed in you as an investigator and researcher and your own personal way you investigate this now? Uh, using meters, <laughs> EMF meters. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking more on a personal level here. Oh, on a personal level, I have more respect respect for them. I know that they're not just an animal. Um, I know if you treat them with kindness. I know if you appreciate what they do. I know if you. Uh, and my again, this is in my opinion. If you if you go and you know that they built something, 
and you go and you look at that thing, they know you are looking at that thing. You know that you are you are either admiring it. If you talk to them, you say, hey, this is beautiful that you made this or whatever. There's certain people that do that. Um, I appreciate before it was a hunt. Now it's 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 living in their world. Now it's more being a part of what they experience. You know, if that makes any sense. Before, I wanted to hunt. I wanted I wanted to prove to the world that these guys were real. Now, I just want to experience. I want the interactions. I want to be side by side with them. I want. Yeah, I just want to experience them in the forest. That. That's the biggest change. Before I was out to prove cameras on my back, cameras all over the place, trying to get that picture. Now I don't do that. I don't have cameras all over the place. Um, I do bring cameras, you know, because I like to collect cameras and I use cameras because you never know what you're going to catch on them. But um, it's more it's more of a personal thing now. It's more that that you have a relationship with them rather than trying to hunt them and trying to get that picture and trying to uh, expose them. Now it's more of of, of appreciation, if that makes sense. I can understand that appreciation, you know, because it is humbling to, to, to be near one of these creatures. It is very humbling in order to, to say that not only you've seen one, but that you have interacted with it on more of a personal level and i'm wondering if you think as well that the creature is wanting that contact too i believe they know you i believe they get to know you i believe they get to see you i believe they like i said i use the same whistle as my id i think they know the whistle because they've imitated it i think they know when you're in the forest i think they know when you are coming to the forest at this point before you even get there i think they are in there i think they can read your mind i think they know if you're planning on coming to see if you're planning on coming to rock throw alley is what one of my areas on sunday and you talk about it for a couple days I, i just have this feeling that they know that you're coming some way or somehow it's hard to explain that one but uh I think I think they know beforehand that you're coming. I think that's the bond. They're they're able to to look farther than than you can. Yeah, I can I can totally see that, and and I can understand that. I mean, you say that you don't fear the creature or the being that it is, but much like killer whales, they have rogue pods that just seem to do a lot of damage. And I'm wondering if you think that in certain areas, because, you know, we hear of Sasquatch being more docile on the West coast here. Maybe it's the marijuana in the, in the forest. I don't know, you know, but you hear, you hear of areas though, whether it's Mount St. Helens, whether it's down in Louisiana in the Bayou, whether it's the Florida skunk ape, where this creature seems to be very difficult it seems to be very angry and and doesn't like people in its territory. Do you think there are rogue packs out there that may not be very kind to humans? 
It could be, it could very well be. I mean, every, everybody could have a bad day. I personally think if they're going to hurt you, you have no chance anyways. So why fear them? I mean, if they're going to come and they're going to take you, they're going to take you. you. You've got no chance of, of escaping. If they want you, you they're, you're theirs. I mean, any you know that. any Their, their hands are the sizes of our heads. I mean, they could just... That's my biggest fear. I, I guess I shouldn't say that I don't fear him. My biggest fear is walking the trail at 3 o'clock in the morning and just this arm reaching out and grabbing you by the back of the neck hood or something and then pulling you in the woods, and then that's your last last time anybody ever sees you. I mean, that's pretty scary. Um, I've always thought that since day one I started all this. But um, just uh, it's just hard to explain. The, the, these reports that the these are more like um, like drive-by reports. These are like you people catching them. These aren't investigators going out and finding them, saying that they're giving them a hard time, or or uh, or maybe it is. I don't know, but I think it's more of just the 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 reports like a drive-by, like you drove by one and he threw a log at your car. Well, maybe you almost hit him, so he threw a log at your car or something like that. I don't think they're out. To hurt you, um, maybe they can be antagonized. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't have one. Again, the biggest thing everybody says you don't have one in your garage, so we don't know. I've never been in a in a in a in, a, in that situation. I've had one a half inch from my cheek. My first interaction was one breathing on the side of my face through the tent. Um, that night, it could have very easily taken me any right out of that tent if it wanted to, and nothing ever, ever happened, and nothing's ever, ever happened since. Every stone that's been thrown at us has never hit us. Um, they got extraordinary aim. I mean, I'm sure they could cluck you in the head if they wanted to. Um, but I've never been in harm's way being around them or anything to that effect, so that would be a tough tough one for me to answer i just don't think personally that they're out to hurt you but there might be one that you know a rogue one that could but i think those those would probably be way out in alaska somewhere you know what i mean out in a remote area where they don't see people i think the ones that see people all the time are used to you so i don't think they would hurt you but again don't bank on my words and don't go out thinking that these guys can't hurt you either because uh, they're big enough to where they could really do some harm. Would you walk up to one? Uh, I don't know. This is, it's just pretty intense. I've seen it done. I've seen it done live. Um, it's pretty intense situation. Uh it depends. It depends on the situation, I guess. Now, I don't think I would walk within ten feet of it. I wouldn't get any closer than ten feet. I'm going. I'm would, going for it. I'm going for it. Here, here's pro- here's the way I look at it. Okay, I'm either going to be the luckiest man alive in that situation, or when I step into the pearly gates of heaven and they say, "What happened to you?" I could say it was an awesome death. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I like I said, I seen it. I lived it. I, I mean, I didn't do it personally, but I seen it done, and uh, oof, it's pretty hairy. 
It's no, I, I, I understand that. And trust me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You need cojones in order to do that. You do. Okay. You need to have the the fortitude and the strength in order to do that. And trust me, I may run. I may get up close and personal. But when I saw that guy last year and we started walking towards him, very slowly, like we're talking at about uh, the pace of a of a of a snail here. Okay, I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I want to see this, you know, because that was the third one I had seen in my life, and I'm at the point now where I I've been hesitant too long. Whether it was the UFO landing I witnessed, the aliens in the forest I witnessed, or whether the Sasquatch. I've been timid and scared too long. And now it's time for me personally to try and put my money where my mouth is. And like I said, not everybody gets to say they've been killed by Sasquatch. So if that does happen, it's a good death, man. It's a good way to go. We'll make you film it. Make sure you get film it because, you know, you could do it and you don't film it. Then there's no proof. And then it'll be True. like, oh, yeah, it was a Sasquatch that got him. Yeah, sure it was. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, the good part about it is I got buddies who will be watching. Yeah. I got buddies who will be watching. So I'll have eyewitnesses to uh, my murder in the forest. You know, when it comes I would to like I, I would like a more close-up encounter. I would like to have one within 10, 12 feet during the day. I wouldn't want it at night. Because at night, um, they rule the night, yes, bottom line. Yes, um, they do. I, uh, when I was in the Ozarks, it was, one was 60 yards away. We were watching on Fleer, and one guy turned around to grab something out of its backpack. And we, we, were, we were pitch black. And this thing immediately, immediately hid behind a tree, 60 yards away in the, in the, the pitch dark of night. No moon, no nothing. And he's seen 60 yards away that guy turn around. Um, So they own the night. Um, I'd like to see one daytime, and I think I'm going to see, I really honestly think I'm going to see that one run across that field. I really, this summer, I think it's going to happen. So we'll see. We'll see what goes down. We got a lot of of good trips planned this year, and uh, hopefully my eye stays good and we can get out there and, uh, I, the field is where I'm at. You know, I love doing the podcast because I get to talk to a bunch of different people and learn stuff from everybody. But my heart is in the woods and investigating, and uh, hopefully everything goes good with with everything this year and get out there. I, I hope it does for you as we have about two and a half minutes here to go before we have to say goodnight to you. What do you want the public to know about Sasquatch. What is your message? Just just treat them with respect. Treat the people that investigate them with respect. 
Learn as much as possible from everybody you can. Um, don't discriminate. Don't pick on people just because they believe one way. If you don't agree with them, just just turn your head and don't you don't you don't need to bash them. You don't need to make that comment that you know it, it could hurt somebody. And um, it's a fun hobby. It gets you out in the wilderness. It gets you out in the woods, and they're out there. the Sasquatch roam our forests. They are out there. Be careful because they do throw stones. They do throw sticks. Um, And just like Dave says, who knows? A rogue one could be having a bad day and could throw you. You you never know. Um, They're very special. They're people. They come and go. They're smarter than you think. Um, And they have special abilities and they can get, I bet you any amount of money, they can turn you around in the forest if they wanted to. Well, I mean, that's that's the big thing. That's the big thing is when you're out there, you are in their environment, and they know their environment very, very well. Uh, Chris, I want to say a big thank you again for coming on Spaced Out Radio. I absolutely love our time on the air, my friend. And, you know, you know, we'll have you back on probably around late spring, summertime to give us an update on how your research is going. But do us a favor. Tell everybody where they can find your podcast and your YouTube channel. All right. Uh, you can find everything. Facebook, just uh, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, everything at Discover Sasquatch. Uh, it's all the same name, Discover Sasquatch. We would love to have you come on over, you know, hit the sub, hit the like button. Uh, we have podcasts on Tuesday nights. I'm going to have to have Dave back on the show. He's been on the show before. We'll have to have him back again. Love to. Here soon. And um, that's how you find me. And I just want to say thank you for everybody in the chat for keeping it as adults. It's very, very uh, nice to be on a show where where people are, are adults. And, Appreciate you, Chris. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to what I got to say and be safe out there and get in the woods. That's right. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then Tim Senor is back for the UFO report. Space Down Radio's third hour is next. All right, buddy, we're clear. Great show with you. Great show. Well, thank you for having me. That two hours went by pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll let you get back to uh, the family and get to, get some sleep because I know you're East Coast, but I always appreciate you, my friend. You're one of the good ones out there. Well, well thank you so much for having me, and then uh, we'll talk. i got to get you on my show quick, too. Very so. soon. Very All right. soon. All right, buddy. You have, you have a good rest of the night, and I'll talk to you soon. You too. You too. Right. Later. Bye. All right, that's Big Bad Chris Reinhardt from Discover Sasquatch. He's a beauty. He's an absolute beauty. I'll be right back, guys. Going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll see you around in a couple seconds.
All right. What a great show. Yeah, we got more coming for you. I'm excited. I'm excited. My grandson had to go home today. I'm a little down about that. I kind of liked him. <coughs> Excuse me. Him and I were hanging out this morning. We had a wrestling match this morning. I won. Just want to let you all know. I pinned him for the three count. Here's him and my boy. Yeah. Beautiful picture. Beautiful picture. Thank you to Derek, Steve, Human Carl, Bigfoot Rob, and Chili Peen for the super chats tonight kicking off March. We very much appreciate it. So thank you so, so much. Here comes hour number three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kyrie Alexi. Kyrie Alexi is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp, but before we do that, I just want to go over something real, real quick with you. You know, we are one month away from shutting down VIP tickets for our second annual Spaced Out Radio fan party in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Golden Nugget, May 19th through 21st. We encourage all of you who want to go and who want to be a VIP, uh, join us by sending your info to info at spacedoutradio.com, info at spacedoutradio.com so that way we can get the numbers up we got to know how many people are going to be there we need to know how many people are going to want vip packages which comes with a special vip party along with a uh, a nice swag bag of gifts that comes along with that so please let us know at info at spacedoutradio.com we want to see everyone's invited Everyone's invited, so we want to see you all there in Las Vegas, May 19th through 
21st. All right, it's time to head to the swamp. Let's bring in Swamp Dweller. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I was driving down a long, deserted highway in the middle of nowhere. The sun was setting, casting a beautiful orange glow across the empty road. I'd been driving for quite some time, several hours at the very least at this point, and I was getting very tired. I reached over to turn on the radio, but it was dead. (laughs) Great, no music to keep me awake. I rolled down the window, letting the cool breeze whip through my hair. It was peaceful almost serene. That was until my car started to sputter and then died. I pulled over to the side of the road, turning on my hazard lights. I popped the hood, hoping to see something simple like a loose wire or some sort of blown fuse. Unfortunately, I didn't know enough about cars to diagnose the problem offhand. I sighed, digging out my phone to call a tow truck. The phone, of course, had no freaking signal. The sky was getting darker, and the sense of panic began to grow inside of me. I felt alone out here, and my thoughts wandered to all the horror movies I had seen over the years. The ones where people get stranded in the middle of nowhere, and something horrible happens. The hills have eyes, wrong turn, you know the movies. I shook my head, trying to push those thoughts out of my head, out of my mind, trying to think of just peaceful, positive things. I needed to stay calm and focus on getting my car fixed and not freaking myself out. As I fumbled with the engine, I heard a rustling in the bushes. I froze, wondering what could be out there. Maybe it was just a rabbit or some other harmless animal. But then I heard a low, almost rumbling growl. Something more menacing than I've ever heard in my life. I backed away slowly looking for something I could use as some sort of weapon to defend myself if need be. But there was nothing, not even a rock. I turned my back to my car, trying to keep calm. Maybe, just maybe, if I was lucky enough, this was just my imagination. I was scanning, trying to see anything with the little vision that I had with my eyesight. But then I saw it. A figure emerged from the trees, its eyes glowing in the darkness. It was not human nor any animal I had ever seen in my lifetime. It was hunched over, its limbs twisted and elongated. It was heading straight for me. I felt a cold sweat break out of my forehead. I had never been so scared in my life. Instant anxiety waved over me. I fumbled for the car keys trying to get in and lock the doors. But after a second of realizing that they were still in the ignition, I freaked out The creature was getting closer, and I could hear its raspy breathing. I didn't know what to do at this point, so I stood there waiting for it to attack me. But for whatever reason, it never did. It just... it just stood there, watching me. I honestly don't know for how long I stood there, absolutely frozen to the floor in fear. But eventually, the creature turned and lumbered back into the woods. I was still trembling as I climbed back into my car and tried to start it again. It turned over this time, and luckily, I was able to quickly drive away. I never looked back. 
I never did find out what that creature was. But I'll tell you this, I will never forget the terror I felt that night stranded on that lonely highway in the middle of nowhere. And I'll tell you this, I will never, ever drive in the middle of nowhere without telling somebody exactly where I'll be ever again. Ah, the spookiness of Swamp Dweller here to kick off hour number three of Spaced Out Radio. Each and every Monday through Friday night, we love the swamp around here. And if you want more stories like that, all you got to do is go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you got all these spooky stories for free, just like that. Hey, we're going to head from the swamp to the stars as little Timmy Senor is back for a UFO report that has some breaking news tonight. Here we go. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Was that a a wristband that you were putting up there? Uh, no, it's just a thing oh, okay. to, uh, I guess, clean a lens. I was going to say, that, that thing's like the size of my watch. Oh, I'm wearing a wristband. Yeah. <laughs> That's purely because of baldness. Yes. It gets hot in here. I've got a lot of gear running. I don't blame you. I just think it's funny that your wristband is about the size of my watch. Yeah, that thing is massive. It is. You're like lifting weights every time you check the time. It is. You know, I'm a big fan of diesel watches. You're into diesel right now. Uh, Okay. uh, I've been into diesel watches for a long time. And I think I got, I think, eight of them now. Eight of them? Yeah. Serious. Yeah. I I, I have a little bit of a fetish with watches. I, (laughs) I counted my watches the other day. Because I have them all kind of hidden, right? Because just in case somebody, you know, my dogs decide to, that my dogs decide to, you know, lick a burglar instead of chasing them out and they become friends with them. Hey, new friend here, right? So I hide my watches. I didn't realize I had 26 of them. 26 watches. And only two wrists. I know. <laughs> this guy. You know, I do like that one that I saw. I think you had it in Denver, and it had a Jaws. It had some Yes, teeth. my Megalodon watch. That is a cool watch. It is a cool watch. I must say. Yeah. That is a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good time. No, I like I like watches. I like the big faces on the watches. Are you wearing an El Avni shirt? I am wearing an El Avni Volador shirt. Why are you supporting that guy? You know, unbelievable. I'm trying to get on his good side. You know, I'm about peace, love, and light to start this month. That's cool. You're you're a big man for doing that. Well, I don't know if it'll work. Uh, you know, every time I walk around a corner or doorway in my house, I'm wondering if I'm going to be, you know, hit with a steel chair or something along those lines. You never know. This guy. <laughs> you just never know. Hey. Canada making news in the UFO world today. Daniel Otis, the intrepid reporter for CTV News and a good friend of this show, broke a big, big story that it looks like Canadian scientists are going to be leading a new UFO group north of the border. 
What is going on here? Yeah, exciting news. You're absolutely right. And a little late to the game, but better late than never. Here comes the Canadian government's top scientist launching a study into UAP, the term that is now replacing UFO. Sorry, Dave, up there in Canada. So known as Sky Canada Project, the study begins conducted I'm sorry, the study being conducted by the Office of Chief Science Advisor of Canada is the first known official Canadian UFO research effort in nearly 30 years. And so, according to a February 2023 PowerPoint presentation obtained by CTV News, the study seeks to understand how UAP reports are handled in Canada and to offer recommendations for improvements if needed. And so the project plans to collect information this winter and spring before, before preparing an internal draft and report in the fall a final public report in the winter or spring of 2024. And so contained within the nine-page presentation, it looks like they're asking questions that need to be asked, such as who is compiling and analyzing UAP observations made by the Canadians and others. And so I can just kind of hit some of the big points that we have presented or uh, Dave, you can kind of jump in as well, because I know you're pretty close to this topic, but it looks like as far as any emerging technology or unexplained phenomenon that is reported to the media of interest to the office, it's going to be part of the new report. And so page four of the presentation outlines motivations behind the Sky Canada project which includes supporting science to, quote, document rare natural phenomenon, encouraging transparency and information access to prevent conspiracy theories, and aiding national security to prevent undetected intrusions. And so it also lists preparing for a collaboration with U.S. officials, where both the Pentagon and NASA are studying the UAP. And so as well as responding to an official request to undertake a comprehensive study on UAPs in Canada, it looks like the Conservative Member of Parliament is part of the push to have this project put together. And so the Chief Science Advisors Project is a signal to the government that the scientific community, the media, and the Parliament can no longer ignore this topic. And so even McGuire has been publicly advocated for a program like this since May of 2022. And so the vast majority of reports should be explainable, although it seems like there is a need for the Sky Canada project to lay out a specific scientific plan to do that. And so the government needs to quickly and accurately determine what is in the skies over Canada with a high degree of confidence. And so they're looking at this as needing a whole government approach and including the the chief scientific uh, science officer, rather, creating that post uh, back in 2017 to promote the scientific independence and provide impartial advice to the prime minister and cabinet. And so along with that, we are seeing that there is a push outside the department's mandate for transparency, and they're bringing in Transport Canada the Federal Transportation Department, maintaining their incident database and also including that in some of the research data that will be included within this report. And so they are admitting that they are years behind the Americans, but this project is still 
30 years behind, but 30 years in the build and makeup. So Dave, I know you're super excited and I've hit some of the big points here, but do you have something that you'd like to add to this? Well, the one thing that I do want to add to it is we were the first show to give Member of Parliament Larry McGuire a long interview about this subject. He and the rest of them are not interested in UAP. They are interested in UFOs. They're just using the new term in trying to find out what is going on in Canadian airspace. Okay, this is why when the drone was shot down over over the Yukon Territory, they knew right away and kept and kept it public that this wasn't a UFO. Okay, that they described the object of uh, what it was. It wasn't a balloon. It was an object that was a, about the size of a small car. It was uh, it was uh, cylindrical in shape. Okay, which sounds like a UFO, but at forty miles an hour, it wasn't. It was a drone. Okay, they are interested in why these UFOs seem to be hovering in hot spots, like over Canada's nuclear energy facilities. Why there are, are certain areas like the lower mainland of British Columbia near Vancouver, where there seems to be a hotbed of black triangle sightings. They want to know about the strange lights that seem to appear over Montreal and in the Northern Territories as well. There's a lot going on with these craft, and Canada has a long history of UFO reports, you know, dating back to when, you know, a gentleman named Wilbert Smith was actually the leader of this subject in the 1940s and 50s, going into the 60s, before Project Blue Book hit in the United States with J. Allen Hynek. The American government was actually contacting Wilbert Smith for his information and trying to learn more about the phenomena. Now, the interesting part about this group is, like I told you months ago, with my information, my sources in Ottawa, they want to make this as scientific as possible. Not nuts and bolts, like we see with the U.S. government, but the science behind what is flying in Canadian airspace. And if you recall that interview that happened July 2nd of last year with Larry McGuire, we knew that it was about trying to figure out how are they getting here? Where are they coming from? Are they a safety breach to Canadian pilots, both military and commercial pilots, flying across Canada or over Canada to get anywhere else in the world? And this is where I get excited about this because Canada is not looking at this subject on a defense level. They are looking at the UFO subject from a practical, scientific level that should be expected from groups like Galileo or even NASA for that reason. I don't like it, and I've expressed my opinion to my sources in Ottawa that NASA is a bunch of garbage, okay? And I explained why, that their study is, is garbage, because they already know. The interesting part about this, though, and this is where I want you guys to think about this. 
There is one agency in Canada that is not playing the UFO game. Can you name it, Tim? Um, Department of Energy? No. The Canadian Space Agency, with its ties to NASA, they have been very vocal that there are no UFOs in the sky, including our most famous astronaut, a gentleman named Chris Hatfield, who was the commander for six months on the International Space Station, who has brazenly gone on very many media outlets to say there's no such thing as UFOs. They're not here. We never saw any while on the uh, International Space Station. I don't know what people are talking about. The Canadian Space Agency needs NASA. I don't want to say they're controlled by NASA, but I would say NASA has a very large influence in that. And that is the only agency. And in fact, I was going to be calling my sources in Ottawa tomorrow to kind of get an update. And I'm going to ask them about that. I'm going to ask them about why the Canadian Space Agency doesn't seem to hop on the woo train when it comes to UFOs. But I'm excited about this. And you know what? I think, and and I may be wrong here, okay? But I think, pending on what comes out of that study in 2024, when it's done, I think we're going to see either absolutely nothing, which I doubt, or we're going to see some eye-opening information. Because remember, the Canadian government doesn't have to play by the American rules on this. And I'm curious to see what comes out of that, considering they will be talking to the U.S. about this. But more so out of the reports that have been filed by Canadian people, the public, pilots, privately and commercially, military as well. I'm curious to see what's going to happen and what comes out. I think we could get more than we bargained for. I love to hear your support for any space agency, whether it's NASA or the Canadian Space Agency. So I think that's fantastic. Oh, I, I'm. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I am not supporting the Canadian Space Agency on this. They've gone full-on stupid like NASA has. But, okay. Um, Well, some sources that I have talked to reveal potentially over this summer we may get some historical whistleblowers from perhaps NASA or something like that. Um, And that would be fantastic if, um, you know, they were protected and were actually allowed to tell the truth of some of the things that they were seeing while they were in space. I mean, that is the dream. That's the ultimate whistleblower. Mm -hmm in my personal opinion. And if um, the Canadian space uh, program got on board with that, then I think we could have a great group of people that would come forward with a lot of truth. And the fact is, is that's where we kind of need to dig into. Um, But I think that what we're starting to see is um, a collaboration, uh, you know, between the two countries, which I feel is fantastic because we know that there's deep existing data that can be shared. Um, But, I mean, it does show that potentially there were uh, other organizations that were looking into UFO in Canada before this formalized program that they're talking about. I mean, we let off with it being 30 years since they had a formal program. But um, 
doesn't it seem like there was um, some research being done at least in the past two years? Um, even Defense Minister uh, Harjit Sajan, I believe that's his name, um, was talking about UAPs with his staff back in 2021, I believe, and came out publicly and reported to members um, of his team and then spoke to Pentagon, uh, the Pentagon UAP task force, uh, who were briefing Canadian military personnel also back and forth. So it feels like this is maybe a program that was building um, and maybe in collaboration with the United States, they decided that this was more of a partnership that we needed. Absolutely. And we thank Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre, White House Press Secretary, for helping us bring this news from Canada. Because, you know, we all live in Canada up here. When we come back on the UFO report with Tim Senor, we're going to get more into UFO studies going on around the world and the NRO. All right. There we go. Hey, by the way, Sovereign Farts, if you drop an F-bomb on my country again, I'm going to keep dropping F-bombs on you. And if you were here, I'd drop an elbow right on your solar plexus. Oh. Yep. Then pin you, then I'd hook the leg and pin you for the three count. Mm-hmm. Dave knows Bigfoot. Be careful. Mm. Looks like random guy is suffering from some gout. Says he needs a foot massage bad. Bragging. Yeah. Only guy I know brags about a gout flare-up. Right? Yeah. This guy. Random guy. Lily Pond, how are you? Third phase of moon. Good to see you guys here. Hope you guys are well. Are you guys coming to the Vegas party? You should. Yeah. It's a hop, skip, and a jump from Hawaii. Yep. Derek Galloway's coming to the Vegas party. He's even bringing streamers with him. Streamers. There you go. So I'm going to be back home in Hawaii here soon. So get this. Here's here's something funny. My mother-in-law is over, okay? And I kind of like her sometimes. About 50% of the time. All right. That's a Fred Flintstone moment. So, Go for it. Okay. So her her 80th birthday is coming up here. And she's staying here through the week. And I said, you know, we're going to take you for dinner on Saturday. I said, is there anything that you would like for your birthday party? I said, you know, because we'll get you a cake. We'll get you some party hats. And I'm like, do you want me to find an unemployed logger? To maybe uh, strip for you, you know, like a stripogram or something like that. She's like, no. I'm like, no, seriously. I said, what if we got you a male stripper or something like that? Right? She's like, I don't think so. I'm like, well, I'll try and find one if you really want one. And I just kept on digging into this, right? Because I'm annoying that way. I'm like, really? I, I, I honestly will. I'll try and find you one. You know, it might be tough, but. So. Don't tell me she caved. No, she didn't cave. 
Oh my gosh. I was just hearing the, the lumberjack song from Monty Python the whole time. Mm. Mm. Random guy says, my toes are long like fingers. I can pick up objects. You probably got webbed feet too. Is that, is that a good thing? Uh, I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, hi, uh, Stephanie Jackson. And yes, uh, third phase, you and everybody else is invited to our Vegas party May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget. We'd love to see you all there. And uh, um, uh, Derek Galloway, we got to support the Las Vegas Raiders. Our quarterback... Derek Carr, he may be damn good looking and those those beautiful eyes that he had, you know, but the guy can't win. He's never been able to win. He can't take us to the playoffs. He's a prototypical ten and six quarterback or nine and seven quarterback. We gotta get a good a good quarterback. We need to draft a good quarterback this year. We have to. A franchise type quarterback. Groom him for a year and a half and then give him the Give him the gears and let him go. Debbie Levin, welcome to SOR Chat. Trying out my new stealth account, Deb from SAC. Oh, okay. Okay, guys, if I ever greet you elsewhere, you know it's me. Okay, Deb, we can do that. And let's see. I mean, when you have offensive threats like the Raiders do, from their running back to Hunter Renfro, who never drops a ball. You got to get a quarterback who has a has an arm, not a pus arm, you know, but an actual cannon of an arm to get him the football. You know, we need a we need a Josh Allen type of guy. We need a um. Oh, what's his name? Cincinnati quarterback. Joe Burrow kind of guy. You know who I would take a chance on, to be honest with you? Because he will be a free agent after this year. Oh, God, now what's the kid's name? It was Cleveland's quarterback. And then he started playing for San, uh, San Diego, not San Diego, for the L.A. Uh, Chargers or Rams. Oh, here we go. Rounded third, we're heading for home tonight on Space Now Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with little Timmy Sheenor, our resident Timbit, and the UFO report that is going on. And before we get to this NRO stuff, former chief for defense contractor that ran Area 51 Claim knowledge of recovered flying saucer and live beings. 
Now, now this is written in the Liberation Times by Christopher Sharp. And, you know, when we go to overtime after this show on our YouTube channel, we are going to have to ask Random Guy about this because he's got some sources. And, uh, you know, like he said the other night on overtime, there ain't no aliens at Area 51 or any place in the United States that he knew of. Yet, this could be something a little bit different. What's going on here, little Timmy Senor? Or were there, right? I, I mean, every time I get another piece of information, it throws another stick of dynamite into the barrel of what I thought I knew. And so it's good. You know, I think it should be that way. And I'm definitely open to new information, and we all should be. And so with this new article written here by Christopher Sharp, Alfred O'Donnell, a senior manager of EG&G, the defense contractor that managed Area 51, claimed that, quote, they did have a flying saucer that had been recovered from New Mexico and a live being. And so according to investigative journalist George Knapp, who interviewed him on numerous occasions, when speaking about the being told him that we didn't know what it was, and to tell you the truth, we couldn't communicate with it. In the beginning, we didn't know what it was, and we didn't know where it was from. And in fact, we didn't know what to do with it. So Knapp added that O'Donnell compared the being's appearance to former president nominees Ross Perot, unlike the classical gray-looking alien, and in a further description said, small head, large ears. And Knapp also shared a story about a former female employee of defense contractor Holmes and Narver, who allegedly had knowledge about, quote, crash saucers, recovered materials, and what sounded like a Roswell-type incident. And so before Knapp was scheduled to speak with her, the woman was intimidated by unknown agents, which caused her to cancel the meeting. Even after two decades, she continued to refuse a meeting. And so there's speculation around the alleged recovered craft that led to a congressional staffer's overseeing with the Special Access Programs, or SAPs, named Richard D'Amato, investigating the claims. And so in the early 1990s, former Senate Majority Leader Robert Baird, who the chair of Senate Committee on Appropriations, or the late Senator Harry Reid, who would later serve as a Senate Majority Leader, tasked with D'Amato with investigating this topic. And so investigating and visiting Area 51, D'Amato was unable to verify the claims related to the crash saucers. But according to Knapp, though it entirely feasible that this UFO cover-up exists within a private company. And so a company such as Lockheed Martin, EG&G, or Northrop Grumman. So in another quote, here we have this statement in the 1980s and 1990s i served on the staff of the senate senate democratic leader senate senator robert c beard and my responsibilities involved helping manage the budgets of the department of defense and the national foreign intelligence program my duties included responding to a senator's and committee's request for information, analysis, and legislation on a variety of national security issues. In this context, a senior senator, I'm sorry, a senior Senate committee chairman asked me to conduct a preliminary inquiry into the allegations that came to his attention regarding unidentified aerial crashes 
in the 1940s in New Mexico. And so continuing, he met with a number of people who had made public statements on the matter and reported the conclusion to the senator that the basis for such allegations did not appear to merit any further Senate investigation. And so beyond this inquiry on behalf of the senator, there was no personal opinion on the matter and considered the inquiry to have been closed for over 20 years. And so now with this new information coming forward, there are some new possibilities that there were some doings going on at Area 51 that we may not know about. There were some other possible explanations for what went on there, including um, some research had been done by uh, a journalist and author, Annie Jacobson, for instance. And in this version uh, in her book, she described Area 51 as the uncensored history of America's top secret military base. And she details how O'Donnell, although not named in the book, told her that Roswell incident was not the result of a non-human intelligence, but in fact a Russian craft with grotesque, I'm sorry, grotesque, childlike aviators developed in human experiments by Nazi doctor and war criminal Joseph Mengele. And so after visiting Russia following the Cold War, Knapp himself disputed O'Donnell's version of Roswell, though the Russian contacts, including a few of the aerospace scientists whose mentors were Sergei Korolev, the father of Soviet Union space program. Knapp discovered that the Russians were just as mystified about this as, I'm sorry, that the Russians were just as mystified about the Roswell incident as Americans. So, so much mystery, but some new light possibly shed on the potential truth of craft and bodies at Area 51. Another witness coming forward and pretty credible, seeming like they actually ran Area 51. So many questions. I've got so many questions. I'm sure you do too, Dave. But after seeing this and reading this article, where are you at with this? I don't know because I believe our random guy when he says that there aren't any aliens out in the desert. But on the flip side, random guy is not that old. I mean, he's old, but he's not that old. And could this be before his time? Could be. But I think we need to know. You know, this goes into... You know, Tim, how many times have you heard me say that there is this UFO Pandora's box that sits somewhere 87 stories below the Pentagon or wherever, in the catacombs of the Pentagon, where all of these type of secrets are held? And I think this is another one that gets wrapped into that. This is a story where I want to believe it. I do. Why wouldn't I? I want to believe that the U.S. has had contact with extraterrestrial entities. I don't believe Roswell was a Russian spy balloon or or whatever it may be. Don't believe that for a second. But I will say this. I think that if they have crash retrievals and they've had extraterrestrials, during that time, those bodies or those craft would have been taken to one of two places, Wright-Patterson 
or Area 51. What we've learned since May, no, June, about Area 51, I'm not so sure if it would have been there. But nonetheless, we we do have to look at it as one of those plausible stories that is locked in that Pandora's box that is sealed forever under the tag of disclosure. And this is another story that confirms for me why we never, ever will get disclosure. Why it's confirmation. Yeah, and consider also that in the uh, weaponized video that was created by George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell about what this article is about, um, they go into detail about um, other bases that are implied, such as an Area 52 or S4, I think it would have been called, or um, they also have very descriptive... um, um, they get very descriptive about locations using terms like uh, Creech for Indian Springs and some of the original names of what Area 51 was before it was Area 51 and there, implying that some of the alien tech and uh, bodies were there before it was even Area 51. And so perhaps some of that history has just been swept away. And so there is no remnants of it. Why would they leave any lingering evidence of that even at all? So um, some of what they talk about is Papoose Lake being uh, uh, whatever S4 is now called. But again, that's never been verified. It's still just out there and they're implying it in this tale of Area 51 and the mystery of the bodies that were retrieved from Roswell and somehow they are intermingled. One doesn't have to be true if the other is, you know, and they, they're not interchanging on truth. Um, But I do find that the description of S4 being nine hangers and then Lazar's story being of nine craft and that it seems very possible. And we saw historically that they would love us to believe that there's UFOs and it's nothing more than potentially that and we saw how historically the cia duped uh people that they knew were going to be journalists in the public eye linda moulton how was fed a story by richard doty and they talk about that why couldn't george knapp have been fed the same story by o'donnell or the people um surrounding him to keep that story going you know and even it's lingering to this day see how he's even manipulated a filmmaker to um, get on board with the story. Now, I'm not saying that it's not true. I'm just saying that it, you can see historically how potentially they can manipulate the story and get belief across it through journalism. Um, and so it's very dangerous to have any real solid foundation of belief from anywhere we need evidence. And that's what RG is going to bring to the table, that there's no evidence, and that's hardcore. But again, it lingers. There's so many questions still, Dave, I'm sure. Oh, there. look... When it comes to something like this, when you know, I always ask the question, where's the proof? What is proof? You've heard me say that dozens of times. But the thing that I, in something like this, there is proof. Okay, there's proof in the details. There's proof in the reports. There's maybe proof of video, okay, that 
is being held on to if this story is true. And when it comes to something like this, I think hearsay is dangerous. Now, I know I may be contradicting myself. There's going to be somebody who tries an aha, caught you moment here. Okay. But what I'm looking at here, Tim, is when you have government facts like this, okay, if it is indeed factual, there's going to be a paper trail, there's going to be a film trail, and maybe an audio trail somewhere. It's not like Joe or Jill six-pack who all they have is an anecdotal story of driving in their car that's hit by lights and the next thing you know they got four hours of missing time you're not prepared to record that see what i'm saying big difference big big difference and i want to know what that difference is where is that difference and this is why i tell everybody you know, not to beat a dead horse, but this is where we see confirmation over disclosure. And I can see where the UFO community gets upset with these stories, these old antiquated stories that keep coming up over and over and over again. The unfortunate part about it is we're in for another 20, 30, 40, 50 years of these exact same stories until we get some finalized answers. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, but let's also recognize that Area 51 wasn't even outed until Obama's administration. They didn't finally admit that. So would you consider if they were to say that S4 existed, that that was a link to the Lazar story and so craft and so bodies and so potentially this story we're seeing held before us here by O'Donnell. Well, I mean, it all depends what S4 is, right? It all depends. If If it is a below ground base and it has levels and things like that, and it's hidden by, you know, desert camo and such. Exactly. Or is it just a building that's tucked into a mountain? We don't know. It's tantalizing. We don't know. Let's move on to our final story. We've got five minutes. The NRO, Black Projects, what's going on here? In 2021, a highly classified system within the National Reconnaissance Office, or the NRO, detected what it described as a small 10-meter tic-tac-shaped object, which did not match the visual signature of typical aircraft detections. And so what we're seeing here is potentially another Tic Tac event being reported through uh, what was a freedom of information request made by the Black Vault. And so the system observing this object is called, quote, sentient. And this program with the NRO, wherein details remain highly classified, sounds like something you'd hear about described in a science fiction movie rather than a full operation by the American intelligence community. And so sentient is, or at least aims to be, an uh, an analysis tool capable of devouring data of all sorts, making sense of the past and present, and anticipating the future, 
and pointing satellites toward what it determines will be the most interesting parts of the future. And so that is a pretty interesting description, um, but it does details. Um, there are details uh, available through The Verge on more about the sentient. And so it seems that at least one of sentient's capabilities was, was revealed by a 2022 release of multiple documents under the FOIA, and it seems to be detecting UFOs. And so on record, proving that was brought to attention by the Black Vault last week, um, that it looks like originally sent to the DOD's office of the Inspector General and then forwarded to the NRO to review. The UAP detection occurred on 6th of May in 2021, and multiple records released by the NRO can be pieced together to deduce some minor details. And so the details are that it was said that the unknown object was vaguely similar to uh, what is considered an airborne object by U.S. Navy aircraft and surface vessels as the, quote, this is redacted, and another description, redacted operating areas. And so the location where this object was detected may remain unknown, but at one point, the presentation being released by the NRO links past U.S. Navy sightings and describes this new detected object as roughly similar to the previously reported tic-tac shape, likely referring to the 2004 Nimitz encounter. And so likely not a sensor artifact or a focal plane anomaly, they want to reinforce that a sensor artifact anomaly was not likely, and a second sighting of the UAP was detected by at least one other sensor. And so it it was visible... Um, let's see, for 2 to 15 seconds. And then as I'm looking down through this report, it doesn't give too many more details, and it looks like a lot of it has been redacted. But what we are looking for are more reports like this because it's going to give us details. Okay, so the system detected the presence of the vessel, and it's calling it that, from 25 kilometers away. And so they're able to identify these things with pretty pinpoint accuracy. And um, they are able to connect other incidents through this new system. So it looks like they've got a great system up. And we may hear little scattered bits of information like this. But sentient, is this something you're aware of? And it's a new... um, it's a new operating system to me, and so I'll be looking forward to hearing more about it. It sounds a little bit ominous, doesn't it? It does. It does. You know, and I'm always wary about stuff when it comes to the NRO. You know why? Their slogan is, we own the night. <laughs> really? Had I known that before I chose this Slow, our slogan to be "We own the night." I would. I, uh, I may that. not have used it. May not have used it. Well, sentient is being used to point our satellites at potential future UAP incursions. So it it analyzes how they work and then looks to where it thinks it may show up again. That's very interesting. Because reading between the lines there, that is exactly what it's saying. So 
fantastic details dug out by the black vault Yes. But it leads me to so many more questions, Dave, and it proves that Big Brother is absolutely watching and oh, yeah. possibly is predictive texting where to look for UAP. Absolutely. You're a UAP guy. You'll always be a UAP guy. Well, I mean, that's the stuff that we can detect, right? UFO is impossible to, de- to detect, in no, my personal it, opinion. UFOs are detected every day. Oh man, they're hard to capture on film Yeah, I'll tell you where they are Have before Hey, thank you Timmy for that amazing Amazing report We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal Rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching Bumblefoot is the official music Of Spaced Out Radio Rocking us in and out of every single show Get your horns up For the guitar god himself Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter, hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, and the NRO, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. If you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night.